And good morning. It is a Monday edition of GCR. A very pleasant Monday here in Baltimore. Got off to a rocky start out in Seattle. It was a real rough first night. And then it turned around quite nicely. Imagine if they had... Like, I was just thinking about that, right? Like, imagine if they had scored... Even if they had uh, won the game on Saturday. But then they had, like, lost 3-2 to two on Sunday. Like, we'd be thinking about a team that had scored... Five? What would it have been? Five? Yeah, it would have been... Because they scored two on Friday, so right? six runs, right? Yeah. No. Five runs. If they... If they if they had only if they had lost three to two oh, yesterday, okay. they would have scored five total yeah. runs. And remember, going into the ninth inning, they had scored two runs. Obviously, we know what happened after that point. But going into the ninth inning yesterday, they had scored two runs after one the night before in ten innings and two the night before that. Basically, when the second one when it didn't count anymore, and we would have been a little shook up. It wouldn't have gone well. A lot of things changed. A lot of things changed. None of that matters. Pleasant 48 hours in uh, Seattle for the Orioles. Two out of three. Their two wins, both in extra innings. That's just how they like it, I guess. I guess. I don't know, man. But they got the job done, and uh, they extend their lead in the AL East to uh, three games. The Rays are in maybe disarray. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Just uh, yuck, 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 yuck. So uh, you feel good as the uh, Orioles now head to San Diego to open up a series against the Padres starting tonight. Coming up on the program today, we will check in with our buddy Mike Bordick, get his thoughts on what he saw from the birds over the weekend. Later on in the program, uh, Jason Stark, longtime baseball writer, now with The Athletic, formerly of ESPN. We'll check in with him. I believe we started asking Jason Stark to come on like months ago when he had written something that was about the Orioles. Yeah. and. That was a long time ago, so I don't really even remember exactly what it was about. I think it was about the stolen base it thing. It was. It was about the Orioles. Like, they take more bases than almost any other kinda, team. I don't know if that's even been the case of right. late. Yeah. I think that's kind of gone the other way. But it was, I think they were being compared to the Diamondbacks and the Reds. Right. No, I understand. I just don't think that that would be relevant necessarily today. But we'll talk to Jason Stark about the Orioles in general because, you know, I like Jason Stark. Jeremy Kahn scheduled to join us this morning as well. I have to apologize. I'm working on very little sleep. Um, it's not even. I can't even. I know I threw a party this week. And Griffin came up. By the yeah. way, thank you for coming up. Of course, thanks for having. Um, us. It was a big blowout. We had a good day. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it, this was our by far one of our smaller uh, okay. gatherings that we've uh, thrown, and it was it was nice. I like that. I, I I'm at the age where I'm not. Um, you know, it's a little bit different for no, me these no days. Project X and yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I have thrown part. I looked around. I I threw a party once, and I looked in my uh, kitchen. I said. There are 40 people in here, and I know three of them. <laughs> the hell is going on here? So I'm good not doing that ever again. And um, now, nah, you know, everybody's got kids, and it's a whole different world for me because I'm, again, 40, or will be in, oh, God, less than a month. Less than a month from D-Day for your boy. Um, but, yeah, we had a lovely weekend. It, that's not the reason. Well, it's, okay, kind of the reason. So you're, I have two different problems that are going on right now that are preventing me from sleeping. The first is that we have a sleep number bed, and... Congrats, nice. Yeah, right. Well, we've had it for a long time. She likes her side firm. I like my side soft. Somehow, those two things have gotten flipped when we uh. moved, because we moved from uh, downstairs to... Or upstairs to downstairs in our house. And I've been looking for the remote. Oh, no. But nobody can find it. 
And like I don't know, maybe you can get another remote for cheap. But I know like when you if you screw up your charger for your I- iPad, it's gonna cost you a hundred dollars or something. I'd like to avoid having to pay an extraordinary amount for a new remote because it's got to be somewhere in the house. It has to be somewhere. It didn't just get up and walk out. I don't think that someone would just choose to throw the remote in the trash. So I'd like to find the remote. But in the meantime, it's hell. It's pure hell. You can't. I don't know how she sleeps. You can't switch sides? or no, She refuses to. Work. Okay. okay. I, it's some, I don't know, mental <laughs> thing. Like, she's got to be closer to, I don't, dude, I, I don't have the words. Gotcha. So whatever. I thought it was going to be because you were like watching so much I, preseason football. That's right. Why. Yeah, that's the reason. I thought after like a day or so that like maybe I would get a ju- no. I can't sleep. I can't do it. Now compound that with uh, we did the uh, we play a slip cup at mm-hmm. the uh, at this uh, the gathering that I throw. It's a very fun thing. But we just set up a uh, slip and slide on the ground. Yes. Down a hill, and when you go down, you f things up. And now, again, I'm 40. You're sore. It's so much worse than that. <laughs> I got burns I on see, me. Yes. I got, that's yeah. that's oh. from the pig. I, oh, okay. I, I burned myself trying to... We had a situation with the pig yesterday morning, or whatever morning it was. And then I got all the... Like, it's a disaster. Although, my God. Caleb. Caleb's bruise. Oh, out of control. Out of control. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a top five bruise maybe in <laughs> Slip Cup history. So, there have been worse. But that one's up there. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, the moral of the story is... That my I can't lay on my side, mm. and I, I can't lay anywhere because the bed's too firm, and so I'm not sleeping. Then last night, oh man, a whole thing yesterday too. It, look, th- this is therapy for me, so just y'all can <laughs> deal with it. I had promised my cousin's son, I had my cousin's son help me out all weekend. He's uh, 16, good kid, and I he had a, I had him help me out all weekend with the party related things. Mm. And then I told him I would t- go see Oppenheimer with him because nice. we both hadn't seen Oppenheimer and we both wanted to see it. Nobody told me Oppenheimer was a three-hour movie. <laughs> so literally, watch the end of the Orioles game. This is a straight shoot. Jeez. The movie start was said it was going to start at seven thirty. I watched the end of the Orioles game in, in the, the theater. In, no, in the oh, parking wow. lot. Then okay. <laughs> dart into the theater. You didn't miss anything. Didn't miss anything because I forget. There's twenty minutes worth right. of you know. Tra- God. So a three-hour movie to begin with and 20 minutes worth of training. Like, I don't get out of the theater until 11. 11. Get home. <laughs> need to write a column, right? But I had already decided what my column was going to be about, which you're not going to see today at PressBoxOnline.com. Here's a mind blow. So I've been talking all summer about how much I enjoy watching Ramona Rios play baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that it gives me great joy. Small problem. I go to start writing my column, right? And I'm like, well, I need to pull out some defensive metrics that be- – uh, oh, no. Statistically, he's having a terrible defensive Is season. Is he really? Check out his outs above average. Go ahead and check right. that out right now. And tell me whether or not you would be comfortable writing a column about how much you enjoy watching this guy play baseball. This goes back to the thing that I always talk about with Stan, where like you can't, I, as much as I think something, the numbers have to back it up. I can't write. What? Right. He's in the sixth percentile? Right. Outs above average? That's does not seem right. Then look at some of the other metrics, and you're like, well? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not. I guess I'm watching a different guy. <laughs> Are we sure this isn't Louise or yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, his brother. So, so uh, there goes that column. <laughs> I mean, he's just one that, week, and then... I still enjoy watching Ramon Arias play baseball. Yeah. I, I get great joy out of watching Ramon But apparently, I shouldn't. <laughs> Jeez. Apparently, he shouldn't. I, what, remember, what do I say all the time? Like, all Ramon Arias ever does is 
is play good defense and hit and like there's nothing that he's done that warrants not playing every day. Yeah. He's a hell of a play. And yet I'm wrong. There's that. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So start I mean I had started writing my column. Like I was Man. I was paragraphs into my column. Look up the first defensive metric and I say, Welp. What and so I keep, maybe there's something else right. Here. So I keep trying, and I'm like, well, I'm up. It's already I'm already gonna get no sleep because I also had to take the pig roaster back this uh, morning, so I had to wake up at oh, six geez. something. Like, so I'm already gonna get no sleep at this point. Like, I'm whatever. I'll just try to power through. It becomes unjustifiable. I can't write this comms. So I have to sheepishly send an email to Luke Jackson, our editor, like, hey man, here's the deal. Started writing a column. Funny thing about it, I'm a liar. <laughs> And I don't want to do that, so scrap it. I'll try again tonight. Um, so all these things That's combined. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, like the only year you had positive. Oh, yeah, oh, was the was last year. Gold Glove year. Yeah, a hundred percent. Dude, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. It's nuts. I don't know what to make of it because I feel like it looks good. I feel like Stan yeah. right now, where I'm <laughs> like, "That's not what my eyeballs tell me," but I can't do that. I can't be the guy. That pretends that I know better That's, than what the actual metrics say. So it was plus seven at third base last year. He's mm. negative six this season somehow. Somehow. What the hell do you, make? what do you make out of that? So tell me how I'm supposed to write that column, that ode to <laughs> Ramona Rios. That ain't going to be happening. Your boy's going to have to go back to the drawing board. So, sorry. I, I, I know you really just want to hear about Cedric Mullins today, and I just yeah. wasted 10 minutes telling you about what was going on. Yeah, there you oh. go. Griffin's got there his jersey Griff. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was – it's been a rough – so I have to – again, I apologize. I'm tired. Now, right now, I'm still in, like, the, the – Adrenaline kind yeah, of – Yeah, kind of that kind of, yeah. like, side Fired of it. Up. <laughs> but at some point today, there's going to be a crash. The real issue is if it happens during trivia tonight. Oh. <laughs> That ain't going to be great. Take a nap beforehand? Well, plus the Orioles are playing at 945 oh, tonight. Oh, yeah, you're right. So maybe you so definitely need a nap today. I, at some point, you know, when, when Leah leaves today, I might wander out <laughs> and just nap on this couch for a little bit. But I got to write a column because I couldn't write a column last night because it turns out I'm a lying liar. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All I go on about is how much I – my two guys, I love watching Cedric Mullins. I wrote a tweet last week that said something like, I believe that heaven – is nothing other than watching Cedric Mullins and Ramona Rios play baseball. As in, it turns out, it's terribly offensive to Cedric Mullins. <laughs> How dare I lump them together? And I don't want to be disparaging towards Ramona Rios, who, again, my I still like watching play baseball. Yeah, it it's just that good, like... I don't I don't know how this happened. What happened here? I'm so confused by it. Ah. I guess this is gold glove blues, maybe. I don't know, man. And and apparently I'm just an idiot, and I only see the things that I want to see. Like, that's <laughs> clearly what happens here. I've got some Ramona Rios blinders on because of my love for him. I can continue to have a love affair with Cedric Mullins, though. That yes, may continue. Yeah. And has, for a looked, lot of people out there yesterday. Well, I don't have another column to write about it because I already wrote my column earlier this year about Cedric Mullins where I told you guys that this, is, this should be the Orioles' foray into – their next era of baseball, which is the era where they say, hey, this guy that's really good at baseball and you enjoy watching and you have all these romantic feelings towards, we're going to make sure that guy's around for a little bit. Mm. Um, and Cedric Mullins, given that it wouldn't cost you what it would cost to do a Gunnar Henderson or an Adley Rutschman, there's just no justification for it. And somebody would say, well, you know, he has been hurt twice this year. And yet, name all of your favorite memories of this season. 
Name Every all of the one. best cycle? moments of the season. His cycle? Yes, maybe the catch that, in Minnesota. All of them. Several of his catches. All of them. Despite the fact that he missed two huge chunks of time. And yet all of the best moments of the season have one thing in common. Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins. There's the Ryan O'Hearn homer in Toronto. Yeah. Is, is It would be in the top five, I think. Like I for sure the top two are yesterday and um the cycle, right? Yeah. Those to me yeah. are without a doubt the top two moments of the season. The Minnesota thing, because it was in the first inning, we could have a debate about that. But again, it was a three run homer. Yeah. It was a completely different game. A three run homer that he saved. So to me, I three runs from Ryan O'Hearn, three runs from Cedric Mullins, right? Like, yeah, before we even get to the though. If you want to put O'Hearn three, Mullins, uh, that one, number four, fine. But we're still talking about three of the top. They're either the top three or three of the top four. I'm, I'm sure so, I'm yeah, forgetting others that know, you know are worth that. discussing. Like, Saturday was neat and all, but, like, it... I mean, that, that catch saved the game because he gives up a home run right on the next pitch. Well, right. It, we didn't know that at the time, yeah. but, yes, ultimately it did. Right. It's the, We're not debating that. Yeah, that, that can be number one or number two, whatever you want it to be. I don't care. But it's, like, other things that people would bring up from the season, games, moments, whatever you would want to put on this list, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two Kicking of the them. butt on ESPN. Yeah, that was a neat night, yeah. right? But it wasn't, like, a moment as much as it was just a fun game at because least, they scored seven runs in the first inning. At least in the walk-off, that was the back in walk. April, but, yeah. That was Oakland. And that was, it was cool, don't get me yeah. wrong. It was very cool, and it would probably be on the list somewhere, but it was so early in the season. Somebody would say, well, the, the cycle was early in the season. Yes, but it was a cycle. <laughs> and it was the first night of the birdbath, and it was the home run that capped it off. Like, come on, this guy. And he had a catch. The catch. God, I've already forgotten about that. On the same night, he had a catch that was maybe even more amazing than anything he did at the plate, and he hit the cycle in that game. Gunner's Utah Street shot, that's probably was It was, it was that, a yeah. bomb, unquestionably. Yeah. But again, the moment. I don't, right. It was I, a I, remarkable feat, right? It was an incredible accomplishment. Of course, obviously, what's his face hitting the home run? Um, Mountcastle's home run went even further last yeah, week, yeah. right? Like, Jesus Christ. But um, the moments, all of the moments belong to Cedric Mullins, the man of the moment. Mr. Clutch. He is the guy. It, it, there's been an, we've, we've talked about this in, in passing over the years. Brooks Robinson was Mr. Oriole, right? And for a long time, there was this, this thing, I don't even know how to describe it, where once Brooks was gone, there would be a group of people that always want there to be like, a, there should always be Mr. Oriole should be passed down, right? Like, there should be a passing of the torch from one Mr. Oriole to the next Mr. Oriole. And there was another group of people that would say, no, no one could ever again be Mr. Oriole because Brooks Robinson is Mr. Oriole. With Adam Jones, we didn't use Mr. Oriole. We called him Captain, and that was neat because it was Captain, right? Like, it was, mm. it was perfect. The argument would be if there was a captain, if there was a, and and boy, when was the last time the Orioles had a captain? Not in my, I don't think in my lifetime. Yeah, not, like not when, since uh, I started. We've had, we've had leaders. We haven't had captains. Right, because Adam Jones wasn't technically the captain, or no. he was. I'm trying to remember yeah, if he technically. Like, I don't know that he was. Right. Like, I don't know that he captain. ever actually. Like I mean, it was yeah, you know, it was just that unspoken thing. Like right. obviously. He is the Orioles. Led by energy, led by example. But we, but we called him that anyway. Right. right, yeah. 
and I feel like since Adley Rutschman got up, it would have you would have said that Adley Rutschman was the captain of this team, right? But the truth is, Cedric. my God, the truth is the heart and soul. You want to say Adley Rutschman's most important because he's the face of the rebuild or he's the catcher or whatever it is. And a lot of people have argued this season that we think that Gunnar Henderson's going to surpass him, you know, in the not so distant future. And by the way, what Jackson Holiday is doing, holy F. Yeah. I understand yeah, why the crazy. argument is that he's going to be the best of all of them. I get that. But the ca- the heart and soul of this franchise, and it's not like Adam Jones. It's a different thing because Adam right. Jones was far more vocal. Adam Jones was way more that guy, and Cedric Mullins is not that guy. Although it's funny because years ago I remember Adam telling me he's got a voice on him. And I was always like, really? Because I've talked to him, and you know, he's 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 a nice guy. I like Cedric a lot, but he's not that guy. And I remember Adam, like, literally, like, he was DMing me uh, the season that I think he was playing in Arizona. He was DMing me one night, and he was like, because he had, he had gone back to listen to an interview that Cedric had done on the show. That's how much Adam loves Cedric, right? He, he saw a tweet that Cedric had been on this show, and Adam went back and listened to it and messaged me and said, you like that voice on him, don't you? And I was like, I was kind of going to say, like, like th- that's not his deal. But I went back and listened again, and what Adam's point was, and we talked for a little bit, was that what he says is meaningful. Like, he does not waste words. When he says something, he says it. And that was kind of fascinating for me. Because then I was listening every time I would talk to Cedric Mullins in a different capacity. I was listening to hear those things. And boy, do you hear them. And, um, you know, it's difficult to judge this season because, again, he has missed so much time. But as we said at the time where he got hurt the first time, he was definitively this team's best player. And, God, there is nothing that compares to the ground that he covers. It's insane. And remember, he's robbing home runs, and he ain't tall. It's not his height. Five nine's not that tall. No, no, it's shorter than me. It's his insane athleticism, and this was a guy that once upon a time admitted that he didn't like laying out for balls. Oh yeah. And yet now his range is is the East Coast. Yesterday it was the West Coast. Um, it's just such a freaking joy to watch Cedric Mullins play baseball, man. It's just such a it, it is it is hard because we lose that in all of these guys that are part of the rebuild, which Cedric Mullins is not part of. And we lose that because Cedric Mullins is approaching third. I, I can't say enough about who Cedric Mullins is as a baseball player. And it was never fair to look at him as a 30-30. Like that's, he's not a 30 home run hitter. They juice the ball. It's what it is. But he does so many things so well that he is the definition of the word valuable. He is the heart and soul of a baseball team. And that was just one more reminder. And that's the funny thing, right? For, for anyone else, that would be the best day of maybe their career. And for Cedric Mullins, it might not be the best day of his season. A season in which, again, he missed a lot. It is hard to put into words 
how how grateful I am for the opportunity to watch Cedric Mullins play baseball and how important it would be to me to say this is the guy. It's it's not going to cost what it costs for other guys. Figure it out now. There's been a lot of negativity recently. It would go a long way if you're not ready to go with the big money for some of these other guys or they don't want to do it. Go to Cedric Mullins. Five years, hundred million, whatever it would cost. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Get that done. Get that done. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about uh, the greatness that is Cedric Mullins and a heck of a weekend for the Baltimore Orioles. He is Orioles Hall of Famer. You hear him on 105.7 The Fan. He is our friend Mike Bordick, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bordy, it's Glenn. Boy, that was something yesterday, huh? Man, oh, man. It's, 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 it feels like it's never going to end. I mean, every night something special happens. Obviously, the superstar Cedric Mullins stepping up um, big in the end of last, or the last game. But all year long it's been so exciting to watch and who's going to be the next hero. Um, just a uh, arguably the best team to watch in all of baseball. Uh, Mike, I, I, we were talking about a couple things that, that don't are all that important in context, but like I, Cedric Mullins to me has so much been the heart and soul of this team. And th- I made the comparison earlier in the season to like, it's almost like he's the Adam Jones to Adley Rutschman's Manny Machado, right? Like that for as much as maybe somebody else was thought of as, you know, the chosen one as the natural he is the heart and soul. He's the lunch pail guy. He's everything. I, I, it is hard for me to put into words because there's no one thing that necessarily you can do it with, but the value of what Cedric Mullins has meant to this baseball team and the baseball player he's become. Like I, He was judged by those 30 home runs, which he was never going to replicate. That was insane. They juiced the ball, whole thing. But the value of what he is, it is so hard for me to describe how much he brings to this baseball team. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, obviously, because of his history. I mean, he's an organizational guy. Um, he had to work his way through the minor leagues. He uh, was up and down um, a couple times. I think a lot of people were kind of counting Cedric Mullins out, but uh, just showed what his makeup is. Um, he's just, like you said, the bring-your-lunchbox-to-work guy. He, he knows what it takes now to be a professional. Uh, he's better at kind of balancing things out. Um, professionally, I think, and not getting too caught up. He's always very calm and cool, and that's why I think he rises to the occasion so many times, whether it be with the bat or, or with the glove. Um, yeah, Orioles really lucky to have him. I think they're lucky to have a lot of the players sure. they have right now, right. Um, and they all just kind of work so well, I think, with the with the team chemistry. I am. Uh, I have been championing all season the please give him a five-year deal. Be, like, do the thing where you just say <laughs> to this fan base, like, this is the guy. Plant your flag. He's going to be here for a minute. Fall in love because, boy, he has just given thrill after thrill after thrill. Um, Mike, you know, and that's the crazy part about this past week, right? It was a, it was a difficult week for the Orioles in general. They have a couple of tough losses against the Astros. They get their butts kicked on Friday, and yet they come out of it all. They're still three games up in the AL East. They still have the best record in baseball. They still have not been swept since Adley Rutschman arrived. 
how do you define the resiliency of this team? How do you explain a team that is never, ever pushed around too much by anything that happens to them? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's a combination of a lot of things. I, I think Adley Rutschman's impact, obviously, was um, felt, I think, through uh, all of baseball uh, on the Oriole organization since day one. The, the winning has started to happen. And I think him coming up through the minor leagues had an impact on a lot of the players. They knew that uh, Adley's a very special player. They've all kind of rallied around him and his presence in the big leagues. And I think the fact that, you know, he was in the minor leagues for a couple years, he got to meet all the guys that are up there right now. So uh, nobody's awestruck. They all understand, you know, what, uh, what you're supposed to do at the major league level. Uh, Adley makes them feel comfortable um, professionally to go about their business the right way. And I think in a lot of ways, some of the younger guys just have blinders on. They, they just don't know any different. They are just playing the game, pure passion and incredible talent, and, and they're not getting caught up in a lot of the hoopla. They just love playing the game. Um, the, I, by the way, it's well said. Mike Bordick is with us here on GCR. I, I think the other amazing thing to me is how many times have we written a guy off this season? And I, you know, I, I'm going to go a different way with a column I'm going to write for PressBox this week because I'm going to do the the public apology to Ryan Mountcastle thing, um, and even <laughs> even Jorge Mateo, who I still have some significant long term questions about, right? And I still don't know exactly how justifiable it's been. But Jesus Christ, there's maybe two other players in baseball that score on that little dribbler yesterday, right? Like, how many times have we thought? You know, what is this guy doing? And yet here we are reminded, oh, right, it's a 162-game season and and things can change in a hurry and somebody's going to help you in a certain moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think uh, the way, I guess, the clubhouse is, uh, is built right now with the uh, super chemistry, it seems like everybody's so supportive. Um, they, they understand better that there are going to be tough times and I think they all rally around each other. Uh, knowing that better days will be ahead if a guy's struggling a little bit. But one way or another, they, they all contribute. Even if a guy's not hitting, uh, it seems like defensively, every player has made game-saving type plays mm-hmm. um, on a nightly basis, you know, at crucial times in games. Um, the base running, you mentioned Mateo, obviously with his incredible speed, but, you know, you got to have a great secondary lead. you got to understand and anticipate what's going on. And every guy does that this year on the basis. It's an incredibly, um, I don't know, uh, I, I guess, gifted group of base runners where they don't ever get cheated. They take the extra 90 feet when it presents itself. They run hard down the bases uh, every night. And, and I think they just put pressure on opposing team uh, every inning of the ball game. So that's something I, I really admire about this team, how hard they play. Uh, and doing it the right way, and everybody's bought in. And, um, yeah, they do have some elite players. You're right. Nobody runs as good as Mateo, but you got to have a good secondary lead. you got to be able to anticipate. And I think a lot of guys in the lineup could have done that, but I don't know that they would have been able to score like Mateo did on that little I, dribbler back to the pitch. I'm actually, I have no way to back this up with any data, Mike, but I am convinced that there is no team in baseball that can possibly be as good at, as figuring out how to slide at home plate as this Orioles team is, the number of times this year, and it's not you know just yesterday with Mateo, it's how many guys have looked like they would be in trouble going towards the plate, and yet some Adley has done it, 
where they have somehow figured out the exact way to contort their body to make sure they could elude a tag and get to the plate in a situation where the ball was going to be right there. It is insane. I don't know if it's something that somebody is coaching within this system, but to me it is bonkers how good this team has been at sliding at home plate specifically. Well, I'll tell you what, as thorough as uh, you know the numbers are now, I, I would say that in some of the meetings they probably go over um, the catchers and how they present their tags. I think it's that crucial now, um, the ability to score, the ability to get the extra 90 feet, um, and watching how guys make tags, uh, the ability to go to the outside part of the base um, up the middle. Um, if a guy knows, you know, you know he takes the throw in front of the base, you just have a better opportunity to be safe in those situations. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if all of a sudden there's a, one of their scouts in there says, hey, listen, this catcher, when he receives the ball, no matter where it's from, stays in front of the plate. you got a whole back corner to slide to. Um, he does not slide in to try to cover the plate at all, which catchers can do, um, but a lot of them don't. So there are, most of them are sweep taggers, and uh, the Orioles take advantage of that. All right, Mike, so, I mean, we could just sit here and talk about how good the team is all day and have fun with it. And After emotional wins this weekend, why wouldn't anybody want to do that? I, I do get to the, the relevant part of the question, which is, are, are you at all worried about, you know, where they are and do they ultimately have enough pitching to, you know, beat the teams like the Astros in the playoffs? Like, I... I, I keep coming back to, I, I know that we can debate the innings limits thing, but we have seen moments. In fairness... This, a couple of shaky starts for Bradish before yesterday, and then he went back to looking like Kyle Bradish again yesterday, which was really good to see. But a lot of guys that have felt like they were kind of coming up against walls, the Orioles are trying this six-guy thing in order to try to make it work, but now that's testing their bullpen, which has been shaky. Can they guide this thing across <laughs> the finish line with the, all of the pitching issues they're dealing with? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, you know what? I think every team is asking themselves this question. Do we have enough? to make it into the postseason. I think everybody, uh, you know, keeps their fingers crossed for health um, at this time of the year. But there also has to be a, kind of a keen sense of, you know, how are we going to maximize the players, especially the pitchers, um, come playoff time? Are we going to have enough? Is it just going to be adrenaline-driven? Or can we manage that along the way? And I think the Orioles are doing a nice job trying to manage it with what they have. The hope is that, you know, there's going to be a few guys coming back in September, John Means, maybe a couple bullpen pieces that will help spell uh, and rest some of, the, some of the arms, I think, that we're all concerned with. A lot of bullpen overuse, um, starting pitchers. Uh, innings are getting into that kind of questionable area right now. I still think that they have enough in the tank. I think the bullpen guys do too. I just think managing uh, their outings, you know, at least till the middle part of September – I think is going to be crucial. So the next month, in my opinion, um, is going to be super important for, you know, how well the Orioles can kind of manage through the postseason. I, I, boy, the John Means thing is such a wild card, right? And you still think that Tyler Wells might be able to help too in whatever role that's going to be. I, I, I you know, and I, I give him credit. I really do give them credit for not just saying, like, we're going to shut so-and-so down, that we're going to try to creatively – do whatever we can in order to keep these guys' arms as live as possible and prevent them from completely hitting walls. And, you know, on Friday night, I think we all would agree they probably rode Kyle Gibson much past anywhere that we thought the Kyle Gibson could help. 
but it seemed like that played yeah. a role in why they were able to win two more games and extra innings after that because by not pushing the bullpen early in a game they were not likely to win, they protected enough of it in order to be able to get through a series. I, I, I got to give Brandon Hyde credit for that. No, no, I agree. I, I think he's got uh, better and better um, understanding and feel for you know his pitchers, uh, what they can and can't do, the understanding of the you know, the tougher innings on, on guys, not just with pitch count, but mentally, are they, are they demanding? Um, and I think Brandon's got a, a pretty good awareness of that. I, I do know, too, that the guys seem to rally behind him. Um, some guys step up, you know, yeah. when Brandon needs it most. I think when we all, all of a sudden have our fingers crossed and, and hope that this isn't when the Orioles are going to start to sink, somebody steps up and does, throws that extra inning that really helps support the bullpen. Or, or a bullpen guy throws two innings instead of just the typical one inning. So I think Brandon knows uh, what guys can do that and uh, really has a pretty good understanding of his pitching staff, his bullpen especially. Um, but like most managers, man, it's, there's a lot of keeping your fingers crossed and hoping guys can, can recover enough and, and have enough down the stretch run. Yeah, you totally knew that Jacob Webb was going to come show up in Baltimore and be completely unhittable for a couple weeks, right? Like, you, you, you called that, didn't you, on Baltimore Baseball tonight? <laughs> well, I don't know that I called it, but I, I will say this. Sometimes, you know, the Orioles' uh, pitching coaches and their analytic department can work wonders with guys, whether it be just a mechanical tweak or maybe just be uh, an adjustment on the pitch arsenal that, that players have. They, they do have a, a really good sense of, how to maximize um, some of the arms they're getting uh, when a lot of teams aren't willing to take the chance anymore. So the Orioles, I think, have really built a good reputation uh, on that ability, um, which is a great thing to have when it's really hard to go compete, I think, in in the pitching market uh, nowadays. All right, Mike Bordick, you always have about a million things going on in your world. What do you want to run down for us today? Well, summer's kind of winding down, so uh, but we still have some clinics with the Baseball Warehouse. I encourage uh, folks to check it out. They do a great job uh, with one-on-one lessons and also uh, clinics throughout the year. Of course, the League of Dreams still uh, thriving, always looking to do things to help our community. Special needs population um, sometimes get overlooked, and we're here to kind of encourage them to get out and uh, participate in sports. Baseball, obviously, our conduit. Uh, to give kids more and more opportunities to stay active. And, uh, and of course, Alloy Sports, look it up. Football season right around the corner. I think it's going to be uh, a big year for Alloy Sports and everything that I'm involved in. At M. Bordick on Twitter and, of course, 105.7 The Fan, Mike Bordick. Uh, this one was fun. Let's do more of these, right? Like, I appreciate it as always, my friend. Thanks yeah, for taking the time. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Mike Bordick with us here on GCR. I feel like that was less interview and just more like the the old um, Chris Farley show from Saturday Night Live. Remember that time that guy did that thing? That was awesome. That was just awesome. I'm convinced. I don't know how we can find any details about slides at home plate, but between the Adley thing, what game was that where Adley, like you, there was just no way. You couldn't possibly believe that he was safe at home plate. And somehow he just snuck it in. I can't even remember the circumstances. Um, it wasn't yeah, that long ago, though. It was in the last two weeks. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see what I can't find. And then Mateo yesterday. I, I'm convinced that they are. They, they. If you, if they have a special sauce, their special sauce is figuring out how to slide at home plate. 
I mean, it's it's bonkers. It's just really bonkers, man. Appreciate Mike Bordick spending the time with us this morning. All right. Uh, Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Yeah, I would love to. You got until this Saturday to participate in the $100,000. That's a $100,000 football fanatics contest. Attention all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members. Get ready for an incredible opportunity to win big this August between now and August 19th. Again, that's Saturday. You can be one of the lucky winners to walk away with some awesome prizes. 40 winners will get the chance to play our thrilling $100,000 football game board with prizes including sports and social food vouchers, free play and one lucky winner will walk away with the ultimate football fan experience valued at over ten thousand dollars visit maryland.livecasinohotel.com slash promotions for more details it's maryland.livecasinohotel.com slash promotions all right when we can Adirondo- oh, sorry adirondo mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER we come back in uh we will i, I don't know maybe i'll allow griffin you know i used to a bit with uh you know what See if we still have the one-minute timer somewhere on there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I used to do a bit with Paul where I would allow Paul, when the Orioles were really bad and we weren't going to be watching every game because we just knew what was going on, I let Paul have 60 seconds to try to sell me on something that mattered from the Orioles game the night before. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it 60 when I do this. It might. I might cut it off at 30. See if we can find a 30-second timer. Okay. I mean, uh, I could. Okay. I think I could figure it out. I could start it. With 30 seconds left. I, nah, just see if we can find a 30 second. This is the internet. The internet okay, has yeah, timers. Yeah, yeah, see if we can find a 30 second timer. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to try to convince me like of something 30? that you cared about from the Ravens preseason game. 30 seconds more than Not we enough. should be giving this topic, but I'll give you 30 seconds. Griffin went to the game because I, I guess there was. No grass to mean? watch grow somewhere. I'm not sure. It's, it's the Ravens team. Jesus Christ. First preseason game. I don't think I've missed it for the I'll, last, I'll, well, I'll, 2020 I'll, I wasn't. That's sad. Was I'll give him, there were no games in 2020. Yeah. I'll give him 30 seconds to try to convince me of something that he thought was cool or mattered. Then I'll probably disembowel him and tell him why it doesn't matter at all afterwards. But we'll do that next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you're in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports and Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sports. Sportsbook, all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks, to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. 
The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Bates Overfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game meet the team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Remember, I told you guys that you should take that, take $250, Go to Superbook.com, sign up with the code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23. Then put that $250 down on the Ravens to win outright in their preseason opener. And if you had done that, you would have won a bunch of money on that $250 bet. And you would have had $250 worth of free bets coming your way because you get a first bet match up to $250, win or lose, from Superbook when you use the code GlennClark23. So if you didn't do that, if you failed to take advantage of that, bummer for you, man. Good thing there's another preseason game that the Ravens are going to win. I guess. You could do that again this week. uh, This coming Monday night, they play down in D.C. Um, You could do that if you would so choose. But real F up on your part to have not taken advantage of it yet. Again, the code GlennClark23. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. We will hook you up with a first bet match up to $250. Win or lose. The definition of no risk. Superbook.com. Glenn Clark. G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K. Glenn Clark 23 is the code. Go take advantage of that offer right now. All right. 
Griffin, did you find yes. a timer? I mean, I, I the only thing I don't know is if it has that like explosion sound effect. I do end. want an explosion at the end, but if it doesn't, you, you think we'll be okay? I I guess we'll just acknowledge that the thing isn't ticking anymore. Thirty seconds. All right, all right, Griffin all right. went to the Ravens' first preseason game. The only some of you would say a preseason win. I would remind you there is no such thing unless you're betting. In the real world, no such thing as winning or losing a preseason contest. But I will allow Griffin 30 seconds to attempt to tell us something that he thinks matters or was neat or whatever it was about the first preseason game of the year for the Baltimore Ravens. Hit the timer. Right, is that, is it, oh, oh, it's counting. It's counting. I, I there's, there's no there's timer. No I know. I thought there would be sound. Oh, I, for F's sake, Griffin. I don't know why Griffin. there's no sound. I, th- th- sorry. I'm trusting the internet again, you know? Hold on, hold on. This one looks like it should have sound. Looks like, looks like it's not playing sound. I don't know. I don't know. Can I just, should I just use the minute timer? I mean, it's, is that, I'm just going to use the minute timer. Is that okay? <laughs> I thought I was going to make it to the show. I don't know that I will. There we go. All right. What? <laughs> The one minute. I don't want you to have all one right, minute. All right, all right, fine. fine, just I'll, go. I'll just do your stupid seconds. thing. All right, 30 just seconds. Now stupid. 30 seconds. Go! Uh, quarterback battle. Apparently, we are having an open competition for the backup quarterback between Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson because Josh Johnson started the game, and then I thought it was maybe John Harbaugh just didn't really didn't want to lose, and that's why I put Tyler Huntley out to start the second half, which I thought was absolutely insane. Uh, also, Gus Edwards was playing deep into the second half. I didn't really love that because it seems like, you know, if J.K. Dobbins isn't in the building right now, Gus Edwards is probably our number one guy, so I didn't love that. Brandon Stevens, he looked really bad. Okay. Uh, very that's good. It. That's it. That's it. There was that's, one more. Malik Ham. No. Really great story. No, He's a Baltimore no. kid. Great. Neat story. Um, City College. Great. Thank you. Yeah, All right. Really so, good game. thank you. Um, I've already said thank you twice now. James I should. Be cut. Shut up! <laughs> ben Cleveland's going to be cut too. Shut up! God. Sam must make for another a couple of things abundantly clear. A couple of things abundantly clear. Nothing that happened on Saturday night actually matters. Now, Not yeah, true. like if you wanted the, your question about why is that Gus said no, it's, it's completely true. Um, no, it's not. no. Um, why was like I? I looked up. We were doing the radio show yesterday, and they had the NFL Network on one of the TVs in the studio. Okay, I got the burn got stuck to the. I don't know if it's just because of yeah, sweat like or something. Show, like yeah. it was. And I pulled it up, and it was not pleasant. Um, I looked up, and the NFL Network was on. And I said, well, I don't remember when the Chiefs played the Saints. Why are they showing this game? Because Patrick Mahomes is on the field, so it's obviously not one that happened this weekend. And then uh, Rita looked up, and she said, no, that's live. And I said, what? She said, look in the corner of the TV. It says live. (laughs) She said, and they just showed David – not David Carr. That'd be weird if they showed David Carr. They just showed Derek Carr – he also just playing? started playing for the Saints, so mm. it couldn't be from another time. I said, wow, what in the F are they doing? Like, what is going on? Um, I got secondhand heebie-jeebies. Like, if I was a Kansas City fan, I would be ready to throw my television out the window. What in the world are you doing putting Patrick Mahomes? I'm not sure if you've heard. He's Patrick Mahomes. Why is he on the field? Clearly not does not impact us as we don't care. And some of you probably would say, by all means, put him out there, let him get hurt. Let him play four quarters. I don't. Yeah. I don't agree with you. I don't like. I don't want that. I don't want everybody to get hurt. So if you want to say why is Gus Edwards out on the field when you think that he's a significant part of this, and like, hey, you remember John Harbaugh's total 
gun-shy approach to the preseason kind of began when J.K. Dobbins got hurt in the preseason game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, everything really kind of changed from that point forward where, like, nobody plays in the preseason, which is the way it should be because that's the way it should be. So, I, I didn't know – I had no idea that Gus Edwards was still on the field that late. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah. What what are you doing? Um I, I can't justify that in any way. Now, somebody might say, well, maybe, apparently Marlon Humphrey in a video on his new podcast this weekend said something about J.K. Dobbins returning soon, which, I mean, God, it's, I, look, first of all, God bless Marlon. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what any of those words mean? Does it mean he knows that? Does it mean he wants that? Does it mean he's hopeful of that? And even if he knows something, what does soon mean? This week? Maybe next? Like Maybe the next one? I don't have to make it any of that. But, you know, if the Ravens are operating as if, like, they know that J.K. Dobbins is going to return to practice this week, and so, like, he had always targeted this week because this is when they were holding joint practices, so these are the most important days of training camp for the Ravens, and he understood that, and he told everybody, look, I'll be there for that. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe if they know something, then they're not quite as concerned. But, like, even if J.K. Dobbins is back, I, Gus Edwards is still one of your top two backs, and presumably your top short distance and goal line back. Mm-hmm. Why in the F would he be out on the field? I have no words for that. Um, Otherwise, no, nothing. I trying to make it like some sort of backup quarterback controversy. I mean this with all due respect. It doesn't matter. I, I hate saying that, but as much as people wanted Tyler Huntley to be an neat Huntley story. Huntley did look good. Uh, who cares? Tyler was. Huntley has done nothing in his career to prove that he's definitively better than Josh Johnson. Like, he hasn't. There's nothing that Tyler Huntley has actually accomplished that says that you've got a better chance of winning with him on the field than you do with Josh Johnson. Additionally... Maybe what the Ravens are really internally asking is which is a better fit in Todd Munkin's system, right? And so that's what they're really trying to figure out because ultimately if they have to play a game without Lamar, again, you're going to get the same answer no matter what. If Lamar Jackson misses serious time, it don't matter. Somebody we had on recently talked about the the four-game concept that – I think the Ravens should have gone out and gotten a real veteran, you know, a real actual backup quarterback, somebody that you, in a perfect world you could, if you have to play four games, you'd be confident they could win two of them. It's a luxury type of thing. I, you're talking about very specific circumstances where a quarterback misses time but doesn't miss the entire, you know, like a, right. a lot of time. And so can you stay afloat? And the Ravens... I don't know if they can stay afloat with either one of these dudes playing quarterback. Saturday, to me, has nothing to do with it. I, I don't care who their backup quarterback is because, again, I've seen enough Tyler Huntley. You're not doing anything with Tyler Huntley. He's a nice guy. It's remarkable that someone that was undrafted has managed to find a way into being one of the best 50 or so quarterbacks in the world. Like he's not going to become Nick Foles for a month, right? No, you're never ball. going to get the Tyler Huntley. Like he he his arm just that isn't that. He can it, you know, if this was 2000 and all you had to do was be a game manager, then like I think Tyler Huntley could do that. But this is the NFL. He's not winning meaningful games and beating 
good teams with his abilities. Um, I'm not telling you that Josh Johnson is, but I get it. He's been around for a long time. A long time. And if they think he's more comfortable in the Munkin system, then it's not going to bother me if they say, we're actually going to stick around with Josh Johnson. Like, in no world will I be bothered by Tyler Huntley. We, we've got our answer. It's not like a lot of other backup quarterbacks where, like, they've barely played, so we don't really know. We've seen it. We have seen a lot of Tyler Huntley. He's not good enough to be an NFL quarterback. A, a real NFL. I mean, like, a NFL quarterback that has to play. So, you can't... I can't be bothered if the decision went the other way. I, I Do I know if it's an actual competition or if it's just more... I think Harbaugh didn't want to lose, honestly. I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea about anything like that. Because Huntley's drive looked really good when they came in the second half. <laughs> Swell. Bully for... How long do you stay when you go to these games? Uh, I stayed I stayed through the fourth. Uh, I left like right after the Eagles missed the extra point. Nobody knows when that was. That was the fourth quarter. Okay. That was this was the Eagles were going because I had the Ravens to win by one to thirteen. Ah. So you know when they when the Eagles had to pick six. Uh huh. And then uh, like you keep saying these things like they're things that I would know. You should. Yeah. Yeah. You no. The no. Well, you weren't sleeping last night. I thought you. No. I have done not. I'm not going to go back and look at anything that happened in the preseason well, anyway, football game. They scored in the fourth quarter to make it twenty to nineteen. It was the good Ravens for them. Twenty to thirteen. Yes. So then they the Eagles decided to go for two because you know no one wants. It's to the preseason. Yes. yes. And uh, the the Ravens got to stop. Cool. So, so it was like yes. So then we then we dipped. Oh, you're good then. Yeah. Then said, we're good. Yeah. All right. We're like I think I think I think we're good now. Game's okay. over. There's like six minutes left. No one's gonna try anything. And they didn't. You know, we didn't miss anything. So there you go. I saw everything I needed to. Yeah. There you go. That's those are the things that so happened. I, I got a bunch of calls. Of we got a bunch of calls yesterday. People were like uh, the second day. I'm like, did you? We just you didn't learn anything. Time. Well, Brandon Stevens did not look good, and he was did playing. You, but you he knew. played almost the entire game. Brandon Stevens did. Which but was, was he playing as a safety or as a corner? Uh, both. I think it's splitting splitting between both. Look, you've it known. Was, you have known that the secondary depth is an issue. Again, we saw we learned that the Ravens brought in William Jackson. They haven't signed anybody still. Javion Clowney was given an offer but didn't like it, and so then he went on. I get did it was it Jacksonville that he visited over the weekend or somewhere he visited yeah, somewhere he this weekend. It's weird to me that the Ravens still haven't put in, have not signed a veteran at either position, and and maybe it's the circumstance that's the problem. I can't I can't fathom the problem is the money at this point, right? Like. These guys aren't they don't stand to make much money anywhere. You would think at this point any money that's offered would be okay, let me just get on a team. I don't know if it's the like they're just telling these guys outright, we're not promising you that you're going to make the roster. They're doing what they did with Melvin Gordon where they're like here's a little bit of money, but it's really incentive based and like we'll see, like we think you might have a shot at making the roster, but we're not going to tell you that. And that's what these guys are saying no to is that like they want to find somewhere that they know definitively they're going to be on the roster, right? Or I mean, but it's it's a hell of a game to play when you have so little depth at these positions, right? Kyle Van Noy's still out there. Uh, I understand, yeah, but yeah. like they haven't signed them. Yeah, I know. I, is it so? They've is it, played the game. Is it that they're going to wait one more week? I guess these guys just don't want to practice for three weeks of, of August. So. I, I I think that makes sense with some guys. I don't know how that makes sense for Kyle Van Noy, who's guaranteed nothing. Like it, these are guys that are at best bit players, right? Like these are not established quality 
NFL players at this point that have any modicum of, like Dalvin Cook could do that. Dalvin Cook could say, I am a high-level NFL player. I have no interest. Sorry, Jets, if that's what your offer is, maybe I'll come back to you, but I have no interest. I'm not going to run around in camp for that. Kyle Van Noy is not at a place in his career where it's certain that he's better than whatever rookie the Ravens would be competing. You love you some Malik Ham. I, I I root for the guy. I have no idea if he's an NFL player or not. He made a player too. Wonderful. <laughs> He'll always have that, which is neat. Hey, um, I, these aren't those guys. Like maybe William Jackson could get away with that. Maybe like maybe some of these guys, I, the cornerbacks maybe I think would would feel a little bit more that way. Like the cornerbacks might be able to say, "Hey, look, we're not going to run around during training camp." I'm just not interested in it, but I know you need the help. Call me back and training camp is over and we'll talk. These edge rushers I don't think can do like these are these are bottom of the barrel types of guys that we're talking about. These are guys mm-hmm. kind of in name alone that you're discussing when it comes to that. So it's just a little odd that they haven't signed anybody, but we'll see. And we'll see if uh, J.K. Dobbins again, this is the week where they do the joint practices with the commanders and in the NFL now, those are the things that matter in the preseason. So if there was ever a time for the Ravens to say, hey, could you try to get back out on the field? This would be a good time for them to have that happen. And what? Yeah, five, well, Jonathan Taylor supposed to come back this week is what they said. So. But I think I saw that he was okay. going to come back and still not practice. Oh, okay. So He wants to make sure he's healthy. Is that, that's, I guess, is I, yeah, that what they said? Something like that. All right, and when we come back in, Jason Stark from The Athletic. We'll get back into some Orioles conversation. Speaking of Orioles conversation, later today, Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley and John Shelby from the 83 Orioles are going to get together. I believe it's 7 o'clock tonight with the Orioles being on the West Coast. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. You can watch that live. Stan, Ross, and John Shelby. We'll talk to Jason Stark next on GCR. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports. Sports and that promo code Glenn Clark 23. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. 
Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Into hour number two of the program, Glenn Clark Radio is the Orioles. Get ready to shift their West Coast trip to San Diego starting tonight. Grayson Rodriguez, you Darvish, after they took two out of three from the Mariners. Spectacular fashion, obviously, yesterday with the heroics of Cedric Mullins. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the magical season that has been for the Orioles and what they built with our friend Jason Stark from The Athletic, who is with us this morning here on GCR. Jason, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, my pleasure. How are you? Everything is good, man. I mean, what would we complain <laughs> about? Well, you know, it was a it was a tough week last week, but baseball wise, everything is good here in Baltimore, Jason. Um, yeah, no doubt. I, you know, I know you wrote a little bit earlier this season about um, what the Orioles had had done and trying to find some maybe market inefficiencies within the sport, and you know how they've been been working the base paths. How do you define? exactly what's happened in Baltimore, surely from a baseball standpoint. Um, okay, surely from a baseball standpoint. That game yesterday, I think, uh, de- defined for me, should define for everybody why this team is where it is, um, why it has the record it has. You know, there are just plays every day, moments every day, where they make a play that changes everything. They make a play that other teams don't make. And you know, they're, they're game-changing moments, and they're the difference between winning and losing. Uh, Cedric Mullins, I have to spell that out for anybody. Yeah, the catch he made, the home run he hit, uh, that was special. Uh, you just don't see that no matter how many games of baseball you've watched. But you know, it was also Jorge Mateo finding a way to score on a little ground ball back to the pitcher at such a huge moment. And you know, some of these things are hard to define. They're hard to quantify. But if you watch the Orioles day in, day out, that's the way they play. And there are a lot of ways to delve deeper into what I just said, but Glenn, you you watch it, you've yep. seen it. 
Isn't that true? It's magic. What you just said, it's so many things that you just... There are so many moments from this season. Because it's interesting, Jason. The numbers alone don't really define why this team is so good. It's not like there's a 30 home run hitter or there's someone hitting 340 in this lineup or something like that. The, the pitching has been good and better than probably we expected it to be, but we can't oversell that, right? Like, we can't suggest the only guy that's like, you know, is Batista, and even he had a shaky week last week, but, you know, he's the one guy that's been beyond reproach this season, right? Like, he's the one guy that's been... Otherwise, n- numbers, you can't define it versus in these moments, they have so regularly come up big, and why, you know, some people point out run differential or the close games, and you sort of say, right, but... That's just kind of what they do. Like, they, they kind of figure out a way to win those games. Yeah, I was just going to make that point. Um, the, the, the basic stats don't really tell their story. Um, ninth in the league in ERA, seventh in OPS, ninth in homers, uh, 14th in starting pitchers, ERA. That's in in baseball. Three quarters of a run worse than teams like the Rangers and the Rays and the Blue Jays, teams they could face in October. Um, But there's something more there. And, you you know, you touched on that piece I wrote, uh, I guess a couple of months ago now, about the way certain teams were built for these new rules. Mm -hmm. And I I think that explains a lot of it. you know, athleticism is has never been more important in baseball than it is this year. Uh, you know, you look at teams like the Yankees, who are old, who are plotters, who run run the bases. You know, kind of station to station. I I don't know that that approach is the approach of the future. I think if you're going to draw up a team to to exemplify the way to win moving forward. The Orioles are certainly one of those teams. Um, extra bases taken, um, athleticism that shows up on defense, the energy that they play with. I've talked about this with Brandon Hyde. Um, that's the way it works now with these rules. And that explains them more than any number, any metric explains them, I think. He is Jason Stark. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I think that's well said, Jason. Um, if I could come back to Cedric for a second. I, I, I wrote a column earlier this year about how I, and this is before some of the awkwardness of the last couple of weeks here, but this franchise needed to show like the, what's the next step, right? What's the next thing we're going to do? And if they're balking at the idea of paying the exorbitant figures and we can debate that and say, Hey, this is the way it works. Once you have these players, if you got an Adley, you got a Gunnar Henderson, you got to pay that money, but we know who we're dealing with here. Or if, you know, those guys just aren't interested. If Scott Boris said, dude, I'm, I'm not doing an extension with Gunnar Henderson. He's going to be 26 years old and we're going to take him out of the market and try to get a, a billion bucks at that point. Um, <laughs> if, if that's not working, I feel like it could go such a long way. And you remember you know, Manny Machado was the centerpiece of this a decade or so ago, but Adam Jones kind of became Mr. Oriole. And the day that the Orioles announced an extension for Adam Jones in 2012 was like a, a, a defining moment for that era of baseball. And I just feel like this is staring them right in the face. It's not the exact same. He's a different player. He's a little bit older at 28. You'd be looking at maybe the range of like a five-year deal 
but the opportunity to say to this fan base, hey, we're going to start doing something, anything that we haven't done before. This guy seems to be the the straw that stirs the drink for this team, the heart and soul for as many other high-level players as there are. You keep coming back to this guy in all of the biggest moments, and all he ever does is deliver. Yeah, he's really been... I don't know if the face of the franchise, but the centerpiece of the franchise now for a long time, mm-hmm. dating back to before they were good, clearly. And, you know, it's not that hard to see the future and and, and know that Adley is the future and Gunnar Henderson is the future and Jackson Holiday is the future. Yep. I don't know that Cedric Mullins is the long-term future, but he is the immediate future. And, you know, you don't, you don't spend money for the symbolism of it normally, but I do think it would send a message, not to, just to the fan base, but to the other guys in the room and to the sport, that this is a franchise that would be prepared to do what it takes to keep the band together at a time when the, the band is one of the most talented bands playing baseball. Um, there's a window now to be great for five or six years in the AL East. Those moments don't come along very often. When, you know, how how often are the Yankees and Red Sox going to be in a little down period at yep. the same time? They'll be back. Now now is the time to seize that moment. And it's it's going to take money to make sure that that happens. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Jason, how do you measure these two things, though? How do you measure the the overwhelming excitement of the baseball side of it versus the, uh, you know, you've, you've covered this team, this franchise for a long time, the unfortunate reminders that there are still, you're still kind of dealing with what you're dealing with. And I, and I try to be fair and measured in the way that I say it because it's unfair to lump in everything about the last 30 years all in together. Um, but... Boy, it's a tough thing to do, right? <laughs> like, how do you, how do we, how do you approach these two things? For fans, it's easy. Just like, let's enjoy the baseball and try to block out as much as the other thing. But boy, when you talk about the direction of this franchise, it's hard. Like, here I am, got, guarding myself. I don't know if they're gonna do it, but it's what they're supposed to do. It, it's a tough thing. Yeah, you said that well. I know you didn't mention the words Kevin or Brown. Yes, <laughs> but, yes, it's, but I. It's not like that was a one-time glitch. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there, there's a common thread that has run through the Angelos family ownership from beginning to end, and there have been way too many moments like this. Um, it, it, it really did detract from the joy of the season in a, in a really powerful way because Kevin Brown's so good. Yeah. Um, he, he he's certainly not a guy who does his job with any kind of agenda. Um, the voices of baseball are such an important part of the experience of rooting for any team. And so there are all the reverberations that just come from that aspect of it. But as you just said, what's disturbing is if it was just that thing, okay, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the owner had that reaction, indefensible as it may have been, to that that guy in that moment, you could say, well, you can build from that. But, you know, I've really been curious about the reaction 
to it and whether John Angelos has even understood where it came from and that he's wrong and why he was wrong and what he needs to do about it. I don't have a lot of faith in that Mm -hmm. based on him, based on his tenure, based on his family's tenure. And that's really disturbing. I don't know what it means or where it leads, but they've got to do better. This is an important moment for ownership and they need to be so much better and classier than that. I, uh, I agree. Um, you, you add in all the other stuff, you add in, you know, the history of, of guys that have left and, and never got much of anything for, right? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of trouble. Um, there's a lot of concern and I just want to enjoy watching baseball right now, Jason, because God, it's fun to watch this baseball team. I get Jason. I now have an eight year old and a six year old son, right? Like I'm now, I've, I've, I've hit 40 and like they're falling in love. Right. And I'm just, it's been such a special summer because of it. Um, right. What What is this team? Let's go back to the baseball side. What is this team capable of doing, given the concerns we have about the number of guys that are approaching innings limits, or you know, if you just want to say career high, maybe not use the word limit, however you want to define it. You know, Wells already got there. Bradish is there. Kramer's there. Grayson's obviously there. What can they do? They're trying a six man rotation. They've been trying out Tyler Wells in shorter bursts and the minors to keep from shutting him down. Can they juggle this enough to make a run once they presumably get to the postseason? Well, there are a lot of worries about it, but I think there are also a lot of ways to do it. Um, you'll, you'll notice that no team in the last decade has done the Steven Strasburg Operation Shutdown mm-hmm. approach. That, that is, of all the ways to do it, that ain't it. And, I, you know, I think the, the fact that the Orioles' bullpen is so good and that they've leaned on it uh, the way they have, um, that's the answer, long-term and short-term. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a juggling act. It's going to require some of these guys to do things that they've never done that you'd probably rather that they never do. Um, I, I think this team's ahead of schedule. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be happening this year, but here we are. And once you get there, you, know, you, can, you can manage innings limits in the lab very easily. You can manage them in real life with an opportunity to win the World Series very differently. So they're going to have to do, to some degree, what they have to do. But this is going to require human work from this bullpen. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, you know, the hard part of that, um, and I talked to Brandon Hyde about this a couple weeks ago, is he's concerned about overusing that group, too, because... What's the path to winning the World Series if you're the Orioles? Um, It's not going to be with starting pitching that dominates its way through it in October, but I've always felt like you've got to dominate one area of the game. And if you can't dominate the beginning, then dominate the end. And that's what they're going to have to do. But trying to keep that group fresh is going to be a huge challenge. Um, there's There's no real formula for this, it's what doing what you have to do every day. But I, I know that they've thought about it a lot, and despite their concerns, they're going to figure it out. 
and and just do what they have to do. And if if that means Mike Bauman's going to be in the game in the ninth inning, then Mike Bauman's going to be in the game in the ninth inning. And look, they've they've stayed with that. They're going to protect Felix Batista, right? It would have been easy for a lot of managers yesterday to just say, like, I know he pitched two innings yesterday, but God, let me see if I can just get like five pitches out of him, something like that today. They have not wavered. They lost a game in Philadelphia um, because he had pitched, you know, three innings over a couple days before that. Like, they have not wavered from this is what we're going to do. We think it's the best way to get there. And I guess, I, Jason, I'll wrap with this. I, I am not trying to overly I, – I can't swear that Brandon Hyde is the greatest X's and O's manager in the history of baseball. But I have to at some point recognize there is a culture that exists here, and it can't possibly exist in spite of him. And the guys that I've talked to would tell you it's not at all in spite of him. It is He is very much a part of the reason why it exists. And I don't know how much credit he deserves to get for what's happening in Baltimore because the truth is they've been able to acquire very good baseball players. But I feel like he probably deserves a bit more credit than he's getting throughout the game for the job that he has done here. Well, you could have made a case he was manager of the year last year. You could certainly make a case he's manager of the year this year. And he understands the importance of culture. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, You know, he was in Chicago when Joe Madden was uh, was bringing magicians and zoo animals (laughs) through the clubhouse. And I, I think he got a feel then for, you know, maybe how to do it how not to do it, but he understands the importance of doing it. And you just don't see baseball teams with this kind of vibe if the manager and the coaching staff don't sign off on that and and find ways in, in, in their own way to encourage that. Um, they're letting the group have fun. And the fun and the energy are a huge part of the success. There's way more to it, but that's a part now that the best teams don't ignore and the best managers encourage. And you only have to spend five minutes around Brandon Hyde to know he understands the meaning of laughter every day of the baseball season, and it all shows. Um, I, I, I've grown a significant amount of appreciation for him. I really have. And, you know, even little things like on Friday night, just saying, Hey, look, Kyle Gibson's going to have to get his ass kicked for a little while. Cause he's got innings in him, and we're just going to have to ride with that. And sorry, right. Kyle, we, we can't lose this series because of tonight. And I, I have grown a, a great appreciation for Brandon Hyde, the manager, Jason Stark. What, yep. uh, what, what can I plug for you, man? I really appreciate, I know I've kept you a little bit long here. What can I plug for you? <laughs> well, uh, I always encourage people to listen to uh, our Starkville podcast. Yep. Uh, today we've got an episode dropping here in the next 45 minutes with Joey Votto, most interesting man in baseball. So you don't want to miss that. I mean, it, we, we, we talked about his future as he approaches 40 in the last year of his contract. And Glenn, I'm telling you, I've never heard any baseball player express it quite the way he did to so check it out wow uh you got a heck of a partner for that too you guys have a good thing going on that podcast that's the best that, that yep. is, that's a lot of fun at jason st on twitter of course jason with a y is how you follow him jason stark always appreciate you sir thank you for taking the time for us this morning glad enjoyed it thanks man thank you jason stark with us here on gcr appreciate him doing that as uh this is a fun day to do uh do radio we enjoy this way more than uh dealing with like I try to think about how it felt last Tuesday and then how it feels today. Very, no pun intended, stark 
difference ah, between not bad, those things. Not bad. You want to hit that uh, button? Yeah, all right. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. This week in the rest of baseball. This week in the rest of baseball is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. This is it. It's going to be gone by Wednesday. Gone. When you on Wednesday, you're going to see one that's going to have somebody else on the cover. I think we already, uh, Stan and I told you, it's going to have Lamar Jackson on the cover. Oh, Lamar. It's our uh, football preview issue will be out. So if you want this Tony Saragusa issue now, now, your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. All right, this week in the rest of baseball, Grant DeVivo, what you got? I'm going to start with the negative and go more positive. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay yeah. Rays, of course, fighting for a excuse me, a, a wild card spot, falling behind the Orioles three games, but they're in a bit of a loophole right now with one of their superstar players. Uh, Wanda Franco's in a lot of hot water right now, and for some really disturbing reasons, too. So the problem is, and I, Reed and I were trying to, like, I the first the initial posts were in Spanish, and they were, yeah, like, copied from know. Instagram, so I couldn't, like, Google translate them. The only part that I was to understand was there was an allegation that Wander Franco was involved in an inappropriate relationship with, with a 14. with a minor, specifically yeah. to your point, somebody said someone who was 14 years old. Right. And I say that because I do think it's relevant. Like if it was somebody who was 17 and Wander Franco's 22, then like you know it's right. it's hinky, but this is different. I don't think we'd feel the same way. No, this a 14 year old. That's you gotta know the difference. So what we know so far is that it's not it's apparently not just like some pure hogwash nonsense internet thing because MLB is investigating, the Rays pulled him not only not only did he not travel with the team to San Francisco, he didn't play yesterday. Nope. And I know that after the game Kevin Cash tried to like dismiss it, like, ah, it was just day off. But he knows what's going on. Um I'm pretty sure the guy had played like 40 straight games before right. that. So somebody would say, well, he, he was due for a day. He's off. having his, his career year. He was an all-star. His, his oh, he's, OPS. He's Wander Franco. Point. Yeah, he's a beast until this um, happens. I, there's not a whole lot to say because no. none of us know anything. We'll know more I, later on. I, but Here's just, what I will say. I'll give credit to the parties involved for not just trying to like distract and say, oh, it's just an internet, internet rumor. Like prioritizing, we want to make sure we get this right above prioritizing Wander Franco has to play. So yeah. I'll give credit to, it's a very small, like the bar is very low, but how many times in the history of sport would a team hide behind like the, well, you know, we're investigating, but like, you know, we're not, we're not going to stop, prevent someone from doing what they do in right. at least understanding this is serious, is so serious that you need to pause yeah. Figure out what's going on. And then I don't know what happens from this really is uncharted territory. And somebody would say, well, you know, if guys have come back from domestic violence before guys. have, I, Yeah, but this is. Yeah, I do think that we've also made improvements there. Like nobody was willing to have Trevor Bauer. Right. And I get it. Like there were pictures and there was. But I, I do think we're starting to make improvements in the ain't ain't something we're going to do category. Now, I'll always be disappointed, and there will always be, you know, somebody that does something that that you are able to come back from. Um, 
for what it's worth, who was the pitcher that Felipe Vasquez? No, who no. was the pitcher that was highly regarded at a college? Might have even been at Oregon oh, State. Yes, yes. that uh, never got the opportunity. And the there was it was an old Luke Heimlich. Luke Heimlich. Yes. It was an older accusi- ac- accusation or allegation that he had molested a family member. That's it, yeah. And he, 15 years old, he was accused of sexually molesting his six-year-old niece. Yikes. And good God, yeah. that never... No one ever gave him a chance. No. Ever. So... Why would you? I, I'm hoping that we've gotten to a point where like, we understand it just doesn't... There are certain things... You just you don't get to play baseball now. You don't get to be a part of this. I would think that statutory rape of a fourteen year old should be on that list, but again, this is an allegation. I want to make that abundantly right. clear. Right. This is not we don't know what's going on here. Because it's just fresh. News. There's not much out, yeah. And a lot there's- of times you do these investigations, and this is the unfortunate part. A lot of times you do this and you don't get cooperating, you know, yeah, parties. other parties. Yeah, exactly. And so you're left with the we think something might have happened, but we can't know that, and so we have no choice. It's it's gross. Yeah. But we can only assume until we hear more. For now, good on the Rays. For now, good on Major League Baseball for taking yep. this thing very seriously and for not for saying I I don't care who this guy is. This is and wrong. he's a obviously he's one of the biggest stars in the game. Yes. For pausing and saying we're gonna we're gonna try to do everything in our power to get more information before Wando Fran- Wander Franco plays another baseball game. So at least that part they're getting right so far. There's a lot more to it, but at least that part, the the very bare minimum, they've handled well. It, it's it's a it's awful. It's atrocious. I mean, it's it, like you, you are not anybody who's like on Twitter today like acting like this is you know. Well, just you know, good news for the Orioles. Get the entire F out. Yeah. We don't talk yeah. about it's, these things in that. One of the top Dominican in those stars terms. in the game right now. It's well, no. Just, there's a there's a, a potentially a victim involved. Well, yes, right. that's that the part that yeah, matters. somebody's yes. life is affected. And there's potentially in a victim that's involved here. Right. And so we don't talk about it in baseball terms. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in terms you know, of humanity. You got to figure out what's going on here right. and do everything in your power this to, is to way get things straightened out. So, um, you know, good on good on the Rays and good on baseball for prioritizing that to start. Yeah. We'll find out as, um, you know, time goes on. And the, the other thing, too, is take as much. T- like This is the part that's going to that will suck for the Rays because the Rays would say, well, if he uh, didn't yeah. do anything wrong, we would like to have our a Wander Franco play. They can't they don't speed this up. They take the time to make sure they get this right. Yeah, they're there. Now. And I would say the same thing no matter who it was, what team this person played for. The, this is a serious allegation. Absolutely, you take as much time as is necessary in order to feel confident that you have as best an answer as you can possibly if have. If he's gone for a week, if he's gone for the playoffs. That's the way it goes. Yep. That's the way it goes. Because he put himself there. And sorry, that's just the nature. It, like, yeah. that's, that's, this life is more important than baseball. Yep. And I get it, like, afterwards, if it's... Especially, if we, like, since you said, there's a victim involved. Correct. If we find out that he did not do these things, this is just a... And then you got to deal with that, too. I Life get it. on. I get it. you got to deal with that at this point. But, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah, these are gross allegations. All right. Now, to the actual baseball. Yeah, something positive for once. 
Uh, John Singleton is back in Major League Baseball. I think he, I saw this stat. Yep, he accomplished something pretty cool on Saturday. Uh, journeyman, Astros, Brewers, a couple suspensions and some time in the uh, Mexican League, but he's back this year. And the record, the, the accomplishment is he, uh, nobody in MLB had hit in a, home, in a home run in Major League Baseball in eight years prior to his. Well, no, so, there was so a streak. Let's, let's say this. Yeah. Let's say this correctly. Yeah. The longest drought, drought between, between home two home runs with a multi-homer game. Well, that right. It was six years, and he broke that with eight years with his two-homer night on Saturday. And his his story back to Major League Baseball has been a talk around the league. Um, and well, just, and the bigger like the bigger thing too with John Singleton is like it was just weed, right? And that's the frustrating part about this and is he had, that like he openly admitted to it too. Like, but he was treated at the time like treated, he was yeah. an addict, like he was. This was weed, and as again as a society, I think we're starting to understand why like you don't treat someone who uses weed the way that you treat someone who has an actual substance abuse right. problem. Um. I can get why for a lot of people this becomes it, it, for anybody it's a feel good story right somebody overcame something but for a lot of people it's a we we treated this person poorly we screwed for this up we labeled thing. him a, a certain way and that was unfair how we labeled for him one small thing right so there's i think multiple layers to the response to John Singleton and his return to baseball um you know, yeah. But it's, it's an interesting stat. It's that a, long that without a home run. Yeah, it's to a, do it with a multi-homer effort. He didn't play in Major League Baseball from 2015 to this year. No. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, good and for him. The, and all the time he spent in between in the Mexican League and the minors right. just trying to work back. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really neat story. It's a good story yep. for him and for everybody that's associated with I, him. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. What else? Two two respective retired players being engraved into their respective Hall of Fames, or I feel the Blue Jays called a level of excellence. Orioles legend, legend. I don't, yeah, Jose like, Batista yeah, is going yeah, yeah, in, yeah. and King uh, King Felix Hernandez is going in for the Seattle Mariners. So a cap a cap to two great careers. Uh, Batista, of course, a longtime slugger for the Blue Jays. A lot, a lot was made. Did you hear the post game thing from the Mariners over the weekend? Yes, I did. Yes. I mean. <laughs> Very I'll weird, man. Very weird. There wasn't like, it, I, I mean, yeah, it was. It's weird that they keep harping on it, but like, no, it's weird that, that like, we care. like that they're no, no, no. It's weird how like emotional they get about it. Right. Oh, like how much Felix meant to. Yeah, I guess. No, I mean, no, no. I don't have any problem with that. It's weird how they like bring Felix Batista into. I have no problem with their being emotional about Felix Hernandez. Dude was an unbelievable pitcher, right? Like, I have no problem with feeling those emotions. It's weird. How no one there can separate the two things. And maybe what was really coming out on Saturday night after the game was like how sad they were that this was the day they honored Felix Hernandez and the, the Mariners couldn't George win. George Kirby had an George Kirby had one of the great pitching performance and they couldn't win the game. So like maybe that's what's really being reflected in there. But like the way that it loops in Felix Batista is is so unnecessary. So, yeah. It, it's so bizarre. And I said before, I was even willing, like when we talked about this topic, I said I can give some amount of um, latitude towards the idea that we probably wouldn't love someone else being associated with a nickname that we cared to a great player for. But like, again, nobody was doing that here. No, it was. I, it was I, a one single. It was a nothing that never would have gone anywhere. It wasn't going to catch on. It wasn't going to become a thing. It wasn't going to be any of that. 
until this creep decided to get af- go after Felix Batista at the All-Star game for in the name of content or in the name of maybe it wasn't in the name Clown. of content maybe he just he was that he's he was that there, he's just such a weirdo about it that like in the name of I need it, something it made him emotional I, I, I that's what I think it was but I don't right. know that that's what it was like the more you hear these people in Seattle the more you're like what dude are you okay and it's funny because we like were reminded of last year's trip to the playoffs being their first trip to the playoffs, and like they have been through it in Seattle. As much yeah. as we've been yeah. through it in Baltimore, they've had like a lot worse. as bad as the Orioles have been, and as dark as it's been, like at least they had trips to the playoffs. The Mariners, as a franchise, have nothing to show for being the franchise that produced Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, Ichiro. Felix Hernandez, Ichiro Suzuki. Yeah, they waited 21 years. They have nothing job. to show for it. Right. Not even a trip to the World Series. Nope. And so maybe there just is an amount of fragility there because of it that we That's bottled up. Look, it's tough because it's been 40 years since the Orioles have won a World Series. And in, mo- in my 40 years of life, there have been drastically more miserable years. I mean... Not bad or disappointing years, miserable, hellish years than there have been, you know, really good years. But Jesus, man, it is a fragile, fragile group. Did you pull it up? Oh, the, uh, I can, yeah. Way to be on top of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Way to be on, I, at this point, we will probably move past it. Way to be on top of it. This is what, now this is a lesson in producing, Grant. Start talking about an audio clip and do nothing. Do nothing. Don't bother to find it. Don't else, Ryan Roland Smith. I just hope the Orioles don't like tweet out in the social media say, you know, King Felix oh. gets the win today the, against oh. the Mariners. And yeah. Don't oh. Oh. give me any ideas. Come on. Oh my we God. have the real king. That's right. And it is our King Felix. And we'll have more on uh, the king as he got his crown. What is that? Like, what a bizarre. First I've heard of it. What oh a bizarre! God. This is from Root Sports, which yes, has the games were, in that Seattle. That was their post game, like right as the game ended. That was what they cut to. What a bizarre! Like it, it's like oh, the shame for our king. What the f is your problem, man? I get it. It's disappointing. I understand. You just sort of got pantsed, <laughs> but like, dude, get a hold of yourself. It's not that deep. You are grown men. And it's a regular season baseball game. Ah, weird. So weird, dude. So weird. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate it. That was this week in the rest of baseball. Ah, yeah. Friggin' weirdos. I am. I am more and more convinced. Maybe it's between the weather in Seattle. The Mariners never make the playoffs. Lost a basketball team. Like it's just. Yeah. There's an amount of fragility there that, that I was, was not... Because Cedric robbed the home run right in front of a guy wearing a Sonics Kevin Durant jersey. I, I do know that it was emotional. Like, I, dude, losing a franchise sucks. Like, yeah. I, I'm telling you. It just feels like there is an amount of fragility that is... Probably bottled up there right now. Right? Like, that is coming out in a very strange way. Well, I'm sure this year is extra frustrating. This was supposed to be a takeoff year, and they... Degressed no, a but little they've been bit. good lately. Right. <laughs> Going into Saturday, there was a lot of reason for optimism. Yeah. They were looking like a team that could threaten to win the AL. Correct. They, I, they still might be able to be that team. They're just the kind of offense. It didn't went. start that way, but now it's been heating up lately. God, man. It was very, very weird. Yeah. All right. 
Joining us now here on GCR, uh, it was good to see him for, I think, like 30 seconds on Saturday. He came in, uh, he kissed me on the mouth, and he said, I have to leave. And I said, you know what? Because you kissed me on the mouth, I will not be angry at you. He is my friend, Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, and he is back with us here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm all right, pal. Everything good? I, I, I did. I did appreciate... You know, if, if you're not going to be able to hang, I did appreciate you going out of your way to say, I want to come say hello anyway. That that actually meant did, something like, to me. Well, look, your, your party is awesome, and there's no um, there's, like, there's no other way to put it. Like, it's, it's at a phenomenal time. I just got asked to do two work things in the same day, and I think I'd overcommitted to everything, and I ultimately didn't even end up making it to anything that I wanted to go to because of work. So, Did, did you see, uh, I don't know, you know, Caleb, who is one of the producers at the radio station, um, did you see his bruise? You there? Yeah. Oh. oh, we're losing you. I don't know what's going on. Here, figure out what's going on with Jeremy. I don't know what that's all about. We'll get get that taken care of. Hey, Jeremy, you there? You hear me? Very weird. Yeah, it's like a little muffled, Can Can so. barely, barely hear you. It sounds like he's in a wind tunnel, actually, is what it sounds like. All right. Anyway, Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, Big Bad Morning Show. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll try it again. Very good. Jeremy, did you see the bruise that Caleb suffered on Saturday? I did not see it. Did he get it in the slip uh, and slide? Oh, did he ever get it in slip and slide? Holy uh, F. And there have been a lot of bruises over the years. This one is about as colorful. I went and saw Oppenheimer last night. It looks like that that scene from when they test the bomb in New Mexico. Like, it looks like that on his, on, on his hip. I've never seen anything like it. But you liked Oppenheimer, though? You know how it's weird, right? Like, I did not know exactly what I was getting into. Did you? Okay, have you seen it, I guess, is the question. No, I, I want to see it soon. Like we, we, So I keep waiting because there were uh, times that we were supposed to plan to go to the movies, and it just hasn't happened yet. Um, so my wife actually went and saw the Barbie movie with her mom the other night. But, uh, you know, I'll eventually see that, but I want to see Oppenheimer. Okay, I did not realize that it really was just about him, right? Like, it wasn't – it was tangentially about – the, the the bombings in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but there's no like scenes from Hiroshima or not Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which I at first was like alarmed by, like wow, this is it seems like the reason why people came to see this movie, right? Um, yeah. But then you realize that it's better because it's not exploitative in that way, like it's not a snuff film that they're trying to get you to watch to like recreate the horrors of what occurred. It really is just a fascinating story about this dude, and and as much as I love history and as much as I've studied it, like I I literally looked at my cousin afterwards. I'm like, dude, there was stuff in there I genuinely did not know. Like I had no clue. Yeah. I really learned a lot. And now somebody's gonna tell me. Oh, by the way, it's it's a movie. Uh, half of that's fake. But like you know, there was I, it was fascinating in that way. It's three hours, which I dude, that's tough for me anymore. Like that is really, I I can like a movie, but you're asking for a lot. For me to stay with it for three hours, even good movies, right? Like that is a tough thing to do. Um, in all, I, the acting isn't. I mean, Cillian Murphy is brilliant, mm-hmm. as brilliant as he was. Robert Downey Jr. was incredible. I actually think that Matt Damon is the low key star of oh, the yeah. film. Oh, I, I think I do agree with you. I think <laughs> Matt Damon 
nails this to the point where like you forget that it's Matt Damon for a little bit. Like Really? Yeah. Okay. It's dude, it's it's very good. It's very, very good. It's a tough three hour investment, but it's a very good film. I I, I I assume this is gonna be one of those movies that I probably watch once and never watch again. I think that's the case. Um, I think that's yeah. the case. I d- uh, Griffin maybe saw it bits twice. and pieces of it if it's on HBO at some point, and I'm like, yeah, I remember why I didn't want to watch this again because it's, it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy, and right? And, yeah. and it's and it's again, it's heavy in a different way. You think it's heavy because you're afraid. Like I, I really did have fears of like what I was going to be looking at in like the the scenes of the bombing, but there's none of them. They they don't come. It's heavy in a different way, which is like a reminder of like how people can be railroaded and the entire the eternal question. Of whether or not that was any anything about what happened was acceptable, well, it dude, it's it's wild, man. It's wild. It's funny, like like the movie, not funny, but the movie like Knock at the Cabin or The Box or these other movies where you ultimately have to make this decision. Where like I think with The Box is like you get your one wish, you get whatever you want, but if you hit this button, and maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie, somebody out there dies. Like I, oh, I couldn't yeah. imagine being the guy that has to hit the button or to drop the bomb, make that decision that's just going to kill so many people and you know it so many innocent people but uh, and that's I don't the, know, man. And they they they, they yeah. absolutely di- dove into the back and forth of like is any of this okay right and it's an eternal yeah. question that we're all still asking to this day and there is no correct answer to right because for so many people the immediate response is well it did end the war right like that's the immediate response that somebody has says when you bring it up and yet yeah but like, yeah. but at an ungodly cost. So yeah, man, it it's it was it's it was super wild. heavy, man. It is like there's no other way to describe yeah, it. It's very, it's heavy. very, very heavy. Um, all right, let's let. I was gonna say let's get away from heavy, but let's. I like, we have to talk about this. How do you handle this? Because you guys had to do it all last week, and I know there was a lot of attention put on Rob because of it. How do you mm. handle as a fan, as someone who does this for a living? The line between, and and I think that you probably have a sensitivity to it that's similar to the sensitivity that I have, which is my history with the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore, yeah. that, that I have to file that away, that there will eternally be people that only think of me as someone who was there and around that and part of it, and I don't, when these things happen with the Orioles, and you know you have to be critical, you know there's no defense of it, but you, you also want to walk the line of like, hey, but the baseball team is really good right now, and you don't just want to be the guy that's constantly piling on. How do you handle that line yourself? So you want to start with that, not the biggest story. have won 24 consecutive preseason oh, games. I know. That's Shame on me. Shame on me for not doing more about that. Pathetic, man. Um I, I'm assuming you're talking about the Kevin Brown situation, right? Yeah, like and then all like that, all of the yeah. you know like the machinations of it last week, and then it being sort of looped into the conversations about the lease still not being signed, and John right. Angelos asking for three hundred million more to try to you know, to get rid of the parking lots in order to build this you know Camden Crossing that he wants. It's just it's God, there it's 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 exhausting, right? Well, and it, so like I take it from a couple different standpoints. Like we on our show, we were kind of talking about like this doesn't seem right that somebody would get suspended for reading something off of a teleprompter or saying something impromptu in the, in the stands with the fans when you're supposed to be out there or whatever they want to deem what he said inappropriate. It doesn't seem like something you get suspended for. So we were always under the impression that there might be something else that we're not privy to and they're doing a great job of keeping under wraps. 
but honestly, I don't know. And But the only thing I said about this, just regarding the Kevin Brown incident first, is it doesn't matter who's at fault here. I'm angry that I have to talk about this when we're having this great season. Like, we've been waiting for a good baseball season. We finally have one. It's legit. Like, this is a team that could win the World Series, and it feels strange to even say that. And we got to deal with this crap right in the middle of it. You know, and it's just it's, – it's so unnecessary. So if this is a John Angelos thing, shame on him, man. I mean, this is – this is ridiculous. And then it's followed up immediately by, hey, bury me under the uh, whatever um, with the fact that I need $300 million more million for the stadium to get an extension. It's like, come on, man. Are we really doing this right now? Oh, I, it's, and you can't, you can't ignore it, right? Like, you can't just say, hey, the baseball team is playing well, so I don't want to talk about this. Like, it's, yeah. and, and at some point, like, some things loop in, some things don't. I don't think that, you know, Felix Batista blowing a save last Tuesday had anything to do with what was going on yeah. with Kevin Brown. Those two things are completely unrelated. But then when, I, when I'm reminded yesterday, I wrote a column earlier this year about how I think it would be imperative for the Orioles to sign Cedric Mullins to something like a five-year, you know, 80 to $100 million deal if, if you don't want to pay the exorbitant amounts of money on Adley. This is the guy, right? It's the Adam Jones thing right in front of you. But even when I talk about it, I have to, like, that thing creeps back into me. But, like, are they going to spend any money on baseball players? What What is the direction moving forward for this team? And I, it's infuriating because you just want to be able to block all that and say, Cedric Mullins is amazing. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. My God, we're so lucky to be a fan and to be able to watch that guy play. But the other stuff sort of creeps into the back of your mind and you can't kick it out. Yeah, and it, it's hard, too, because, like, you finally get this um, sense of accomplishment and that the team's on somewhere. Like I love talking to Yankees fans and Red Sox fans and, uh, you know, working, I, I work with people that are fans of other teams and they're like, dude, your team's going to be so amazing over the next five to six years or whatever, maybe even longer. Um, I think it will be longer, but like just to hear other people say that. And it's like, Oh my God, we're dealing with this stadium issue and we're dealing with an owner that suspended their announcer for, for what if it's right. true and it's like right. this can't be it we should be talking about what's happening on the field like this weekend i don't think people realize it because and forgive me it was either kevin brown or melanie newman that tweeted it out and said like that that went on saturday night with a team that streaked yeah. in the way the mariners were with everything going on in-house felix you know king felix getting inducted into the hall of fame or the mariners hall of fame and all those other things that happened like all that's really cool that lifts the fan base up and it gives you this great playoff atmosphere and all that happened was the Orioles stole two games from them on Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Inexplicably. Yeah. Games they had absolutely zero business of winning. None. Not nonsense that they should win those games. And yet, there we are. And yes, it should be all that we should have to talk about. It should just be unbridled joy. Um, I, I, all of those things. And that's what makes it so infuriating, so goddamnedly frustrating that that's the case. But I stand by what I said about Cedric Mullins, man. Like, I... We were talking about it earlier. This team doesn't really do the captain bit. And as much mm-hmm. as, like, when Adley Rutschman showed up, we immediately anointed him the guy. But every time there's a major moment, like, the, the, Cedric Mullins has missed two large stretches of this season. And yet, like, literally all of the most memorable moments of the season belong to Cedric Mullins. Yeah. I, I mean, the, there's, like, when I start thinking about these memorable moments, it's some of the comeback wins that they've had. But ultimately, he's been a part of a lot of those. Um, you know, and, and I, I love the player. And we were talking about it this morning because Rob had brought up, like, it wouldn't shock him to see the Orioles move Cedric after this season. And he said he's not trying to, like, you know, pee in your Cheerios, uh, for lack of a better term. But, like, some caller called in. How could they do that? He's the best player. you got to understand, like, at some point he's got to be paid. 
he's 28 years old, and then you have all these outfield prospects if you decide to move them up. I'm not saying this isn't me saying trade Cedric Mullins, but it would be a sad day if they moved him because I love watching the guy play. I mean, I just his entire game, like every, like defensively, you know, you get it every single night. But then, you know, showing up with the bat every once in a while or stealing a key base, I think all of it's important. Uh, to me, it's almost the opposite. Like, it's imperative they don't. Like, it's imperative yeah. that you recognize that this is part of what – this is the straw that stirs the drink type of con. Like, all, for all of the other talent you have, and these are all wonderful things to have, to have the guy that's been through a lot of things and has performed in the biggest moments, and it's he's not Adam Jones because he's not the vocal guy that Adam Jones was, right? Like, and he's – He's not the same player either. He's he's faster. He's not quite the power hitter. I get it. He hit 30 home runs. It's not going to happen again. But, like, it's imperative to say we should prioritize that. Like, that range is something that's very difficult to replicate. I get it. Colton Kowser is a very good defender. But, like, this is absurd. I mean, th- this is almost comical how much the range is overwhelming and how it's such a unique skill set that even quality center fielders simply don't have and how regular this now is where he is making extraordinarily difficult catches throughout the course of a season, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I, I couldn't stomach it. I, we can talk about Austin Hayes, his future, if you feel like you need to open up a spot, but I, I am not willing to talk about it with Cedric Mullins right now because it's just he is too good of an all-around baseball player for me to think that way. Yeah, what a great shot in the arm to get him back this weekend. But, you know, that like if they said they wanted to be built like the Rays, isn't this something that the Rays would do, like move somebody on before they have to pay him? I know. You know, like it, it makes sense from what they said, even though I, I do expect them to spend more money than the Rays. But that's, like and and that's my issue. I, I don't want you to be the Rays. Like I like the Rays. I like the idea of sustained success. But I this is baseball. I want you to be able to fall in love with a player and, and not just fear the entire time that guy's not going to be around for a little. I get like – the St. Petersburg problem is probably bigger in Tampa as far as their ability to like turn that into a baseball community. But part of it is every time a baseball player shows up, they find themselves saying like, "Is it okay? Like, can I can I make memories and tell my kids that they can like like this player, or is this player just going to be gone in a couple years?" And that impacts you, the relationship between city and franchise. By the way, did you hear about the Rays promotion yesterday? Don't I don't. Oh my God. Oh, I did actually. Oh, my oh. God. I don't want to make a joke about it because it's way too serious. But, like, what yeah. you're about to say is one of those this-can't-be-real types of moments. They had a Wander Franco. What was it, a T-shirt night? Or I think it was a snapback hat. Yeah, snapback hat. Yes. Oh, snapback hat. That's what it was. So it was a Wander Franco hat, but only kids under 14 and under could get it. Which I just yeah, I can't. It just writes itself, man. I'm I sorry. I'm not, yeah. I can't. It's unreal. It's just unreal. Like, it's, it's, well, and again, we don't know what the details of the story are. And for people that aren't familiar with it, I'm sure you've talked about it, about Wander Franco allegedly having a relationship with a 14 year old girl. Um, you know, all that coming into play. I mean, I guess this would be like inviting Jared Fogle to your kid's party God. to perform tricks or something. No, I'm God. kidding. I, God. See, you didn't want me to go down that path. I didn't. I, just, I, didn't. I really wanted you yeah. to avoid it at all costs. But it's I hard really to avoid that stuff when they have a game I know, like that I know. I, dude, when I read that story, because it was so nonchalant. Clearly the author of the Tampa Bay Times story knew exactly what they were doing, right? Like, Because they, they were talking about how it was odd that they gave Wander Franco the day off on Wander Franco giveaway day, right? Mm-hmm. But they knew exactly what they were doing. 
because they didn't have to include the part where they said that the giveaway was for kids 14 and under. The author of I the story knew exactly what they were else. doing. Correct. Yeah. Like, for kids. Like, you could have just said on a day where there was a Wander Franco giveaway for kids. But the author yeah. specifically included that the giveaway was for kids 14 and under. That person knew exactly what they were doing when they wrote that story. Exactly. Man, I, I have so many horrible jokes right now, but I'm, I'm not going to do Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate Some that. Some of them are you so and I, good, too. I'm there are things that you and I can make uh, jokes about that I would be totally comfortable with, but I have like jobs that I don't want to lose. So let's yeah. let's avoid them in this particular instance. Let's avoid that altogether. Um, do you understand the James Harden Daryl Morey thing at all? Like, do you, can you explain it to me? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I can now? explain it to you okay. perfectly. So, so what happened was James Harden opted in last year for less money in the situation where he thought he would get a max deal or a big deal at the end of that, so they could bring in more people. That's what uh, allegedly Daryl Morey promised him is that he would get a big contract. And then once the contract was reneged and they didn't want to give it to him, then James Harden said he would opt in, um, you know, to this, uh, to the whole situation here so he could be traded, but he wanted to be traded to the Clippers. And Daryl Morey said, yes, we'll try to do that. And this is, again, coming from James Harden's camp, that all this went down. And then now Daryl Morey saying he's not being offered enough. And James, again, so uh, trade me or I don't show up. And I guess we'll see if we call his bluff because – Daryl Morey's never been a guy that's been afraid to be kind of in the muck of it and dealing with crap like this or playing with or, you know, running a team with disgruntled players or having okay. issues with the NBA or any of that. And now it's just caused this problem because Harden desperately wants to go to the Clippers. It's interesting, right? Because I, there's a part of me that says if you're the, the Sixers, so what? What are you going to do? Not play? Are you really not going to yeah. show up? Are you really not going to play? Like, come on, man. Um,. Man, that is that is wild. That is, and for of all of the places, so I didn't realize that like they were in China when James Harden went off. Is that what the deal was? Like I look around, I just see yeah, kids. Was, I'm like, what the yeah, hell is this? Yeah, he was like this? doing a little camp for kids, Jesus. so he's just running around. So. Jesus, it's so weird. That is so bloody weird. Um, oh, and the last one I had for you, the story about the Tampa Bay mayor from last week. Do you think it's suspect in any way? So read it to me again, because Peyton was telling me about this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Uh, incredible radio timing from your son. Did you hear what he did? No. Oh, my God. Jeremy, I do a segment every now and then called Finish This. I think I've done played the game with oh, you. Oh, he did tell me this. So he told me this story, yes. Jeremy. finished the entire sentence. I swear to God, I get in. I, I, I got to fill in for Cordell one night last week, so it's difficult for me because I've already done my show here. I've already shot, and I it was like, all right, whatever. I'll piece. Rita couldn't do the show with me, so I got to piece through a couple of hours. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll bring in a finish this. And I just seen the story about the Tampa Bay mayor, right? So those that don't know, the mayor of Tampa Bay was out allegedly fishing and found 70 pounds of cocaine in the water. <laughs> that's what they fit. That's what they call it on this fishing expedition. So I say to, to Caleb, who's producing the show, I say, hey, we'll bring back finish this tonight because that'll that'll give me a segment. You know, I'll, I'll knock one segment out on a night where I don't have a lot to talk about. And um, I, I say, all right, we'll do this. And he was like, what's finished this? I remind him what it is. Two seconds later, Peyton's on the other side he of the room. It. Peyton says, huh, Tampa mayor finds 70 pounds of cocaine <laughs> fishing. And I just throw my arms in the air. I guess we're not doing finish this tonight. <laughs> oh, man. God. Yeah. Brilliant radio this. timing. 
Yeah, he said, oh, I'm so sorry. He realized what he had done after you'd said it. And, oh, um, God, it's fine. It's fine. Messed up it's, the whole bit. Fine. He didn't know the bit. He didn't. He was just reading something that he had seen on the Internet, like everybody does at that age. Like, that's all we had to do is just read headlines from the Internet. Yeah, um, he's a really good kid that's trying to cut his teeth in radio, and I'm asking him, please don't get in this business. Right, yeah, you're really screwing up by, by following. <laughs> like, a lot of people yeah. want to have their sons follow in their footsteps. You're like, don't do that. Whatever you do, do anything else. Go learn a nice trade. Like, go do anything other than this business. Well, because he's, he's, a, he's a lot like me. I mean, he's a really good kid that'll go out of his way to do something for someone else. Got a good heart. Like, even now, like, he would call me and be like, hey, I... I don't like what's happening here. Like, how do I? I said, just speak up for yourself, man. It's okay. All right. You can. No, he's, up, you he's know, a like, good kid. He's a good kid. Yeah. He's a very good kid. I just, it was the timing. It was the. He ruined bit. It was That's so it. impeccable, yeah. the timing. So I still have some questions about this story, though, right? Like, uh-huh. because if something went wrong when you were handling 70 pounds of cocaine, wouldn't it be really easy to come back and be like, you guys are never going to believe this? We were out on the water. <laughs> And boom, 70 pounds of cocaine. That's crazy, right? Like, I've got. I've been like, 70 pounds, I mean, 50 pounds of cocaine was found. 50 pounds. That's crazy how that worked out. Like, if you were involved (laughs) in some sort of operation that was delivering 70 pounds of cocaine and something in the operation went wrong, it would be very easy to look at your brother. By the way, she was out with her brother. One. Really? You just go out, the mayor of Tampa just goes out mahi-mahi fishing with her brother regularly? (laughs) You just look at your brother and you say, and we found this. And he says, right. Remember, we were just out looking for some mahi-mahi, and there, floating in the water, 70 pounds of cocaine. Crazy how that worked out. I got a lot of questions, man. I think this story is being shared by everyone, and we're all just accepting it at surface level, and nobody's bothering to ask another question about it. Like, really? That's weird how that worked out, because I've gone fishing a lot in my life, and you know what I've never found? 70 pounds of cocaine! (laughs) Could you imagine that, though? What do you tell your kids? What did we catch, Daddy? Uh, Coke. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nothing we caught all. 70 pounds of Jamaican Bam Bam. Hey, um, I don't know if I told you this. Would I be okay? The, the kids approached me on Saturday and said, We want to play Slip Cup. Can you put soda in the cups and let, let us play Slip Cup? And my response immediately, the thing I'm not supposed to say is, Oh, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. You should do, do that. <laughs> but would I be a, like, would there be problems later? if I allowed the kids to play slip cup with soda in the cups. So I'm surprised I haven't told you this, my story. So we, we had a family reunion um, down in West Virginia. Don't worry. Nobody hooked up yeah, not, uh, this, not this, this time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we had a family reunion in West Virginia. And as we were all coming as, back in, as Jeremy, playing, as Jeremy calls it the most disappointing family reunion ever. Yeah. Cause yeah. nobody made out. Um, but no. So we were, we were playing uh, beer pong. We had a ping pong table. We're playing beer pong. Everybody's having fun. And the kids are like, hey, can we play beer pong? I said, no, but you guys can play water pong. And he's like, okay. So they put water in the cups, and the kids are shooting ping pong balls at it. And it was like this really cute thing. And so I got a phone call uh, after back to school when everybody had to tell a story of what they did over the summer. And my son clearly told the rest of his class that he played beer pong with his dad. Yep. Um, Yep. 
So that didn't go over so well. When I explained it, it was a little easier, but still, I don't I, think it's I, a that, great book. That's the problem that I was having with it after they asked. is like, are they going to go to school and say, yeah, we were playing Flip Cup with Dad. Like, I... <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to let them do it, but there was a part of it that was like, oh, that's awesome. I would love to do that. And then other parents show up with their kids like, hey, go down and play Flip Cup with the kid. Like, I... Could have been hinky. Could have yeah. been hinky. All right, what's going, on the, what's going on in the show this week? Oh, lots of cool stuff, man. I, I know we're all headed out to camp tomorrow, the whole show, so it's oh, be fun. how about that? Um, yeah, the joint camp with uh, Washington, and um, so that should be fun. And then, of course, look, I mean, every day talking about the Orioles is a blast, man. And, and I'm not even trying to dismiss the Ravens and act like I don't care. But honestly, right now, the only thing I care about is baseball. I don't, like, don't get hurt in preseason. Don't right. None of that oh, stuff. Yeah, I don't care I want to see what the offense looks like, but no. I know I'm not going to see that fully in preseason. I probably got to wait until they throttle the Texans, but – um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're, we'll be talking a ton of Orioles and, and obviously about the Ravens as well. I, I, You know what's really funny, and I remember this from working with him? Like a weirdo, Ed really loves going to watch football practice. It's the strangest yeah, thing in the world. I can't. Like when I was on the beat, I, I loathed it, and I have looked forward to not ever having to do it again in my life. But Ed would come out and would be like jacked up to watch football practice. And I just, yeah, he loves it. Dude, it's so weird. He's just like, dude, I just love football. Like, like I, literally, the, so with Rob and I, not that we weren't going to go out, but, like, look, we both work extra jobs. We both have multiple right, jobs that we right. work. So, like, finding time to get down there for camp sometimes can be a little bit difficult. Uh, but we have guys that cover camp. Yes, and correct. So we, had, we actually had the meeting today. It's like, let us know when you're going down to camp since I haven't been there yet. Oh. Um, and then I don't think Rob had gone yet either. And Ed's like, I've been there multiple times. It's like, you're a nerd. Wrong it's like watching you. guys what practice. What is wrong with you? It's so weird. God, it's so weird. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. All right. At Jeremy Conn, I get so tired of when everybody talks about this great catch they saw at camp, and it's like, okay, it was practice. It doesn't matter. None of it is real. It does matter. Yeah. God. It's like when somebody says that you won the preseason game. Like, no, no one. The only people that won are the betters. No one else yeah. won. It was a dance. They participated in a dance. That's what happened. God. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. Uh, of course, uh, the Big Bad Morning Show. And picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Good call on the Nats uh, A's over yesterday, Jeremy. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, that one. I, I felt good about that, but that damn Phillies game. I think there's mm, still three oh, guys yeah. on base that aren't going to score. Mm. So. Mm. All right. Love you, buddy. Talk next week. All right. I'll see you guys. Thanks, pal. JeremyCon with us here on 1057 The Fan. Yeah, the boys wanted to play a slip cup, and I just sort of said, I don't think... Like no, there's nothing there's nothing inherently bad about. It. I could have put right. Jeremy's part. I could have put water in the cup. Like eh, no problem. It's a skill you're gonna but have to I learn just, it anyway. I just already see the next yeah. phase in that where like they're talking to their friends and it's like a game of telephone right. and all of a sudden oh, this what, goes what the from doing over there? I let them flip some cups of water to I was encouraging eight year olds to get drunk like that. Right. I just could it's see slope. <laughs> how one goes to the next, goes to the next, goes to the next. I did also, and I, I should have said this, to Jeremy. I also had a moment because it's funny. He talks about his son Peyton. I had a moment because I every year debate whether or not this is just the end for the the pig roast, right? Because it's just it's a lot of effort that I put in. It's you know, and my my friends are now older, and so more of them are like, eh, we're you know, we're not really gonna do. People that were reliable for me every year that wanted to play Slip Cup have been like, eh, I think, I think I'm out. It looked, I, I sh- if I had more time. It is time, as much fun as you could ever yeah, possibly imagine looked, something uh, being. I, if, and like we've had years where we've had like teams of 20 playing against wow. each other. Like we've had 
again, this year I think the largest group that we had was like seven people on either side, um, which is good. great. Yeah, which is great, good. right? Good. Like it's great. But then there's qualifications. Like you know, somebody can't drink. It's it's whatever. Fine. I, I'll take anybody at this point. Like I just need people to play. We let Rita play can jam, and she, I, we learned that Rita is not capable of throwing a frisbee. <laughs> not capable of it. Like she and my wife together cannot throw a frisbee. It's the damnedest thing. Um, but. I had that, like, every year I have that, like, I don't really want to go through this again next year. I got I to gotta go get a pig. I got to go get the roaster. I got to mm. get the slipping slide set up. I got to deal with the fact that I got to shut up. We're on a well, so I got to shut off the water every, like, uh, couple of, gotcha. a, like, I can't leave the water going for the whole day. Like, it's a whole damn thing. And I'm just exhausted by it. And then I got to remember to invite everybody. And the week before, I realized I forgot to invite everybody. Like, I literally forgot to invite so you just need just about everybody <laughs> in I, like this is the way that it works for me and my I got too much going on I'm working six jobs I'm doing the radio I'm like ah. well, let's let's just start promoting next year's now oh yeah <laughs> pick a date that's what everybody always says well, pick yeah. the date now and block it off that way I'm like I don't know what my well, life just, is going to look like next summer well you know we'll just mention it for 30 seconds at the end of each show right yeah every day <laughs> uh, and then it's the fine line between like I do want people there but like I don't want everybody there like I don't there's <laughs> I don't want to just like start like I do invite, like I say, hey, if you're a regular, if you're part of our inner circle as a listener, like tell me and I will give you, I'll let you go. And there have been listeners that have taken me up on that. My man Trippy showed up on Saturday, oh, nice. which was awesome. That was so cool. Um, but you got to be in the inner circle, right? Like you can't be somebody I don't really know. Like, but I've had, I've invited listeners to my home, like over the years. Multiple of them have made it. I have developed friendships with many listeners, right? Like, and I, you know, I, I love that. Like, we're all just people. Like, it's not like I'm a celebrity of some sort. Well, but like, you know, you just in this there. business, you always got to be careful. You got to do some vetting, make sure everybody, you know, like you just never know who's a psychopath. <laughs> and I'm inviting you into my home. <laughs> like, it's it's quite the stretch. Um, well, I appreciate your trust in me. Well, yeah, there was a lot of debate. There, yeah, there was, was a lot of debate about that back and one. Forth. That one was a uh, highly <laughs> like, yeah. oh, and your boy, yeah, your P- boy PFF, PFF yeah, right, like oh PFF Sean. Hey, I didn't know if you had told me he was coming with you, I might have said, <laughs> yeah, you got did some, say take, got hey, some questions about that guy, like running multiple accounts on Twitter. Or, like, yeah, that is which one is the burner? Is which one? I don't know. It's just a lot going on there, man. I like. I think I like. I think I like Sean though. In a weird way. You like Sean? I think I've, I I do like Sean. <laughs> like, it's a strange bit that he does sometimes. Oh, it is very strange. Like, I don't I, know who that person is. Like, okay, weird. Why did you... He like, has a blast with it, though. I, that's fine. Like, I've, <laughs> I've, I like, I like Sean. But, like, in the still, I'm not, I'm still not sure exactly what any of this is. Yeah, well, neither am I. Right, but I like just... it, I think. I think I like it. So that was fine. And then you brought somebody else I didn't know at all. And your oh, yeah, sister. Okay. That was fine. We yes. had met your sister yes. before. Brought somebody else. I'm like, who is that strange person? Yeah, so it was just my friend. He was coming to the Ravens game. All right, that's so fine. yeah, that's fine. fine. Seem very nice. Yes. Seem very nice. Exactly I hope I hope you engage. They, we, uh, we all, I hope you I hope you met some other people. I hope you introduced yourself to yes. other people. We all went to high school with David, uh, actually. Oh, David Hesse. Yes. Oh, how about that? Yes. Well, that's neat. So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I was. I thought it was neat. That David showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I. That's the kind of the point of doing this. It's sort of like an open house. Meet, make connections. Right. Right. Other people. You know, the whole deal. I hadn't seen Kyle in a while. So Kyle yeah, Ottenheimer was, yeah. was there. Kyle Andrews was there. Yes. Who used to, uh, to like, in fact, is now writing some stuff for us again at Pressbox. Oh. Kyle Andrews, which is neat. I like that. Uh, one of our great intern success stories over the years. Um, uh, Tim Barbalace right, was yeah, there. Was showed there. up. Caleb was there and jacked up his hip. I uh, appreciated it. Jeremy showed up for thirty seconds. Thirty <laughs> seconds. Got the old uh, Irish hello and goodbye from Jeremy. Conley. 
I love you. Let me lick your face. You know, like that was that was that. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciated that. Um, I don't know how we started this. Con- oh, the flip cup thing. So every year I think like this will be the last year. I can't keep doing this. I'm I'm 40. You know, like I can't. I, I, enough of my friends have already told me like they're they're just not like I don't want to bring my kids. I don't want to do that. I I'm over it. I hate them, but whatever. God bless them. So I keep saying like maybe I'll quit. And then I have the LeBron James thing to pop in. But like one day I want to play slip cup with my son. Right, right. Grant and I were playing footsie under the table. Um, <laughs> one day I want to play slip cup with my son. Like I want to do that together. And then I start doing the math on like, all right, so the older one's eight. There's no way I'll be able to get away with it until he's at least like 16. Like right. I can't possibly. And you'll definitely. Like definitely a, that's at the earliest that I could let him get away with at 16. Even my cousin, like his son was helping me all weekend. My cousin's son is 16. Even my cousin was like, nah, he, you know, I, I, I'm not, he's not a hard ass, but like even he was like, I'm going to do the drinking for him. He stood at the bottom of the table and when his son came down the slip and slide, he did the drinking. Gotcha. So like, I don't know exactly what the age is that I can, I will definitively be able to like get away with it. Let's project 10 years. Cause then my yeah. older son is 18. 18. He's like, a high school graduate. Yeah. Correct. I'll be 50. <laughs> I, if, as long as you keep it up every 50. year. 50. Like at you, that point. Like, it's every year is just kind of conditioning to get to uh, that point. I don't know, man. Do some more management. Like but I do, or... I do. I legitimately have, like, LeBronny James feelings about it. Like, I want to be able to do this with my son. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? You're just flying down a stupid piece of plastic. Why are you getting emotional about the idea of doing that with your son? Stupid. I'm and then, like, the younger son, yeah. now it's going to be talking about him being like, I'd be, like, 52 by the time he would You just have to get on the Tom Brady diet. And yeah, sure. The LeBron workout it's right It's going to happen. Just... God. <laughs> get a tidbit in two, but then we come back in. We're winding down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Almost. Yeah. Banner day. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and that promo code GlennClark23. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Baitsoberfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game Meet the Team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Um, so Wander Franco released a statement of some sort. Well, not a statement, but he went. He went. Sorry, Grant. On Instagram Live, saying he is denying the allegations that he was dating that 14 year old girl. Yeah, Jay Retcher, a host in Tampa, mm-hmm. he kind of translated the. Translated the, uh, the the Instagram live, and he said they they say what Wander Franco said is they say that I'm I'm in public with a little girl that I'm running around with a minor. People don't know what to do with their time. They don't know what they're talking about. That's why I prefer to be on my side and not get involved with anybody. I mean, look, man, you know if they're if if this is all just completely, it would be interesting that if it was like just some sort of internet hoax, right? That they would have taken as many steps as they did so far. You would think that like within a couple of hours you could get to the bottom of whether or not this was an internet hoax. So I'm I have no idea. I got no idea it's, what to make yeah. of it. It's no just allegations idea. right now. All right. No clue. But that's the update. All right. Um let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Ronald Acuna stole his uh, 55th base of the season. Yesterday, he became the first player since 1990 with 25 home runs and 55 stolen bases. It is only the eighth time that it has ever happened. I thought, we, had, I thought we brought this up recently. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Uh, um, right. So I won't, because since we already had, had you guess the guys. Uh, but yeah, Cesar Cedino did it twice for Houston. Joe Morgan did it twice for the Cincinnati uh, Reds and Eric right. Davis did it once, right. and then most recently. Yes, we literally just did this. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. But but now it's this is but he's like this. He's officially done it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. Every time he steals another base, he's essentially you know right. as- ascending more. Yeah. He's passing somebody else. Yes. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz reached ten home runs in fifteen stolen bases. Only took him fifty-eight games to do so. The only player to do it faster to reach fifteen home runs, fifteen stolen bases. Uh, I don't know. Fifty-seven. Ba- Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, indeed. Ellie De La Cruz, uh, only. Well, the surprising part about that for Barry Bonds is actually the home run side of it, because at the beginning of his career, he was not not a home run that. Well, he was a home run hitter, but not Barry Bonds. He was more of a a speed, more of a you know, athletic player than that. 
uh, Sarah Langs points out that Adley Rutschman now has 76 series uh, without getting swept to start his career. That is the most by any player, or the second most by any player to start their career. Uh, most consecutive series without getting swept at 76. The most is held at 110 in the 19, the early 1940s by St. Louis Cardinal. Whitey Kurowski. Ah, that was my next guess. Whitey Kurowski, yeah, 110. That was, my, that was definitely... 110 series to start his uh, career. So Adley, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. on the way. Maybe a chance. Yeah. Uh, and then also entering yesterday, uh, teams were 3-759 and 759 when trailing by at least four runs in the ninth oh. inning or later. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and then wow. both the Nationals and the Marlins uh, came back to win. The Nats beat the A's. You, really, you really hate to see that to the, for the yeah, Yankees. It, you know? it is. Like, it you is, just really hate country. to see that for them. It's a rough scene. It is the first day since 2010 that there were multiple four-run ninth inning comebacks uh, on the same day since July 9th, 2010. Of course, the the Phillies came back. They were down 7-1 to one in the ninth and won that game in extras. And then the Orioles in, uh, on July 9th, 2010. They were down 6-2 to two entering the ninth to the Texas Rangers. I remember that game. You oh remember that gosh. one? I don't yeah. remember Why do you remember I that I game? Not, I mean, I just started breaking out as an Orioles fan, so all those early memories stuck with me. You like, would have been like six. <laughs> I was nine. I remember Corey Patterson. Nine, okay. That was going to be my okay. question. Uh, can uh, you name the lineup? So go ahead, Grant. First guess. 2010 Orioles. The, the, you're Corey talking Patterson. about the whole nine-man lineup? Yeah, the whole nine-man lineup. All right, so then, of course, your outfield was Jones, Markakis, and um, if Patterson was DH, and then Scott Patterson was Patterson was DH. So then Scott what? was in the outfield. Uh, field? No, Scott was not was in on the, the I- lineup. He's, he, okay, it was the DL at the time. Not in the he was lineup. on the I.L. Um, I know Jake Fox came in at some point. He hit the game-winning home run, but I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe what. Did he start? Was uh, he Jake Fox was not starting. Okay. Yeah, right. he did. So he come came in and got the. Why game do you remember this? I can't believe he remembers. So Corey Patterson on my was first leading game. Off. This is so bizarre, man. Markakis was batting third. Jonesy was batting fifth. Uh, Ty Wigington had to have been at first base that he day. He was. He was batting fourth. Hysteris was the shortstop. <laughs> he uh, he indeed was the shortstop. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> Rest in peace, Julio Lugo was at second base. Uh, Julio Lugo did not start. Is Julio start. Lugo passed away? He passed away a couple years. It was, what? Yeah, what? he what? passed away. Okay. What yeah. is it? We are yeah. going on a, a deep a, dive, he had, man. He had a heart attack the day before his forty-fifth. We are we are diving so deep that we could probably see the remains yeah. of the Titanic at this I, point. So the catcher was Weeders on the DL at that point. I think was Weeders catching. Weeders was catching. He was catching. He was. He was starting catching. Uh, and then Craig Tatum came in to relieve him later on. I remember Tatum. <laughs> Is there a reason why Brian Roberts wouldn't have been playing second base? Uh, uh, back spasms. Injured. Yeah, oh, he was okay. not playing second base. Okay. Yeah, I do not I, know who the guy playing second is. So you need a third baseman, a left fielder. Miguel Tejada was at, no, at third base? Yes, Miguel Tejada was at third base. The number nine Miguel Tejada, not the number ten. Right, when he came back. I yeah. I couldn't have told you what year it was because. <laughs> <laughs> and then second base. I don't, think, I don't think. Was I don't it think. Was Fahey? No, it was not Fahey. I don't think Andino was promoted at the time. It's not Andino, because he was still a Triple A. This guy, I don't. I've never heard of this guy. Oh, Scott. Scott Moore. Scott Moore. I've Scott. What Moore. is Scott Moore? Apparently Why do you know guy? that? I, I I barely have any memories of Scott Moore. Scott Moore. You have enough. You have enough. He came up with the cuts. That's fair enough. <laughs> That's all I know. That about. I remember. Yes. I'm missing a player. We are the you know, left fielder. It was who Jake Fox pinch hit for. PA. Yes, Felix PA. Who doesn't remember PA? Why, why do you know this much about the godforsaken? Who, who was starting, Grant? <laughs> you got a five-man rotation. Was it Millwood? It was not Kevin Millwood. Because I just remember he couldn't he couldn't have any left wing in a, a game that year. No. He only pitched three innings, this guy. He got hit pretty hard. Not Bergeson. Not Bergeson. I feel like you're getting closer. Guthrie. 
not Guthrie. Mad- Mattis. Brian Mattis. Oh, that's not starting. surprising. Alfredo Simon came in for the save after the Orioles came back. Yo, uh, if you ever are in a life and death situation related to a question about the 2010 Baltimore 2010. Orioles. Call Durant. I got you. Who I believe were referred to by many as the most irrelevant team in baseball history. They were save, 27 and 59 when they save came for Jesus. Save for one night. Other than that, Jesus Christ. You want details on the first Orioles game I ever went to? I got you on that, too. What in the world? Well, well done, Grant. Well done. <laughs> That was, but that was for me today. That was better than this week and the rest of baseball was remembering God that lineup. Damn, I, I like it was very impressive, except for the fact that there's, it's very concerning too. It <laughs> makes me wonder things about you. Just like what, what is going on over there? Might not you might not be invited to next year's party. I might have some questions about you. God, <sighs> I can't. I can't. I invite, promise. I'm uh, my my apologies. Uh, my apologies to uh, all of our interns. I cannot invite college students. To uh, my parties, it's oh, a it's a it? fine. No, 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 not you. No, no, no. There's nothing to do. It's, it's just like you. You're you're not unique. Like you can't because of what I work. I work for these colleges. Work for these schools. Oh yeah. I can't. It's a there's there's a line you got to keep. All right. Church and state type of line. You can't have students there. Like that that don't fly. That ain't gonna work. So, um, fine line. But uh, you know, graduate and then come back and see me. Right. <laughs> like that's the way that it works. Let's get tubular. Why bother? Why not just like let that be the walk off for the day? <laughs> Bizarro world. Scott Moore. Definitely I a mean, real person. Didn't, sure. Didn't even need a hint. So just, oh, Scott Moore. <laughs> if they <laughs> can bet to up to two hundred fifty dollars and have that first bet matched when you use the code Glenn Clark twenty three at Superbook, win or lose. You get two hundred up to two hundred fifty dollars worth of free bets. So if you make a, your first bet is a twenty dollar bet, it's up to twenty dollars. Your first bet is a hundred dollar bet, it's one hundred dollars. Your first bet is a one thousand dollar bet, it's two hundred fifty dollars. Up to two hundred fifty dollars first bet match, win or lose with Superbook. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Glenn Clark twenty three. Tonight, Mass and Orioles Padres, Grayson Rodriguez, you Darvish at 940. There is not a whole lot else going on. MLB Network, Yankees, Braves at 7 o'clock. Uh, overnight tonight, the first of the two World Cup semifinals, Spain and Sweden, 4 a.m. on Fox. USA has Manchester United, Wolverhampton Wanderers at 3 because the Premier League came back yeah, this weekend. Did. And then USA Raw or the USA has WWE Raw tonight at 8 as well. And uh, Tennis Channel, uh, Cincinnati is the tournament that got underway. TFO dropping a set yesterday in his opener. I'm not. Uh, I don't he like, won, right? I don't, he did win, but I don't like this. Uh, coverage from Cincinnati all day on the Wanted tennis more channel. Reps. Uh, congratulations, Yannick Sinner won the uh, eight, the Masters event in Toronto, which is it was weird. It was weird how that event unfolded. Alcaraz lost to uh, Tommy Paul, the hey, American. Tommy. That was very weird. Very TV. weird. Daniil Medvedev out. It was very weird. Yannick Sinner just slid right through and took the crown. And American Jesse Pagula. One on the women's side, although she got a huge benefit because they couldn't play the second semifinal on Saturday. So oh. Samsonova had to win a semifinal on Sunday morning and then turn around and play in the final in the afternoon. So significant that's, benefit for Jesse. That's, that that's, yeah. that's the best way they have to do that. Uh, it's a lot of inner like nobody cares in the real world but in, like the tennis world there is like you couldn't have really just played it on Monday but a lot of these players are going to uh, Cincinnati so that's the thing that with these playing in the championship they should get a first round bye right like they're they're good uh, enough uh, no it's not how these tournaments work um and unfortunately like these 
it's one thing, like, after a slam, you don't play another, there's not another major event the following week. Like, you would just, everybody would, you would just say, hey, let's move it to Monday and we'll just both okay. pull out of the Hala Open or whatever the heck it would be. These are thousand level, these are masters events that we're talking about. So you got to get these players to the next one. So it just really wasn't another option. Don't rain, I guess, would yeah. be the option. Non sports. Uh, the Bachelorette tonight, American Ninja Warrior, and that is it. Oh, yeah. all right. We're at that point. We are at that. And there are no nothing sign coming, of relief. Nothing coming. <laughs> nothing coming. Nobody's producing nothing. It is going to be bleak. Football, 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 yeah. football. Just in football. time. Catch Pre-season. up on that's No. Yes. Not that. Yes. Not that. All right, uh, Grant, remind everybody where you are on social. DM me about the 2010 Orioles at 20GDeVivo, 20GDEVIVO. I'm here to talk all day about it. Truly disturbing. <laughs> Truly disturbing. Thanks today to uh, Jason Stark. Thanks also to Mike Bordick we'll get, and Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, anything? Seth Walter from uh, uh, ESPN. ESPN. Uh, suggested the Ravens should be in the market for Chase Young. Hmm. Be interesting. I'm not sure what to make. I don't. It's tough. But with the two teams getting ready to play, um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that possibility. Is that why they haven't been hell bent on signing one of these guys? Is because yeah. they'd rather explore going a little bit harder after? I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Anything else? Uh, stuffing. Oh boy. Okay. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal, Fa- Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, the Maryland Cycling Classic, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.